0: So before we get started, please take a minute to like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, and Twitter at iShipItPod. You can also visit us on our website, iShipItPod.com, or email any questions or comments directly at iShipItPod, or to, uh, to us, f- to us at iShipItPodGmail.com. And every time I say this, I feel like Alexi Darling from Buzzline.
1: You can email me at DarlingAlexi, Newscom, or you can page me at...
0: But if you are feeling supportive and you want to help us grow, you can donate via PayPal, shop our Amazon affiliate link, or buy us a coffee. And last but certainly not least, please rate and review us on iTunes and tell your friends that you ship it. Pretty please. I I ate a lot of Pop-Tarts in these fanfics. It is a hot garbage fire. Do you not know what sex pollen is? I mean, phantom seed. (laughs) What? (laughs) Hey there, geek girls, geek boys, and geeks beyond the binary. This is Emily J with the I Ship It podcast, your safe space on the internet for fan fiction, fandom, and all that stuff you've been pretending you're not reading on your phones. We have a very special guest today. This is so exciting. I'm so excited to be back. Hi, Nia. Hi. She has not been here in so many months. The last time she was here was my favorite day ever when we got to gush about Shield Shock. It was Um, so much fun. It was also way too long ago. It was so long ago. We planned to do this particular episode in June. Mm -hmm. Um, It is now, for those playing along at home, September. (laughs) Um, And just a classic example of uh, two adults trying to make a schedule work and being like, I'm busy this day. How about you? I'm busy for the next six and a half weeks. How about (laughs) you? Okay, well, uh, then this day or this day or here we are in the middle of September. It happens. (laughs) It's fine. You know what? It's fine.
1: But this, I feel like the theme of today is also even though we wanted to do this episode during June, which is Pride Month. Yes, Pride is forever. It is. It's not I, just for June. I
0: loved that she said that because I was feeling very like I failed my myself because nobody else expects anything out of this podcast, <laughs> and I was like, no, I decided I was going to do a theme, and then I didn't do it. And she was like, but Pride is always, and I was like, Pride, Pride is for always. God damn it, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Nia, you're right. So here we are, um, and we are talking about a very special, near and dear topic to. I feel like a lot of fan people, mm-hmm. a lot of fandom, fan people feels weird. Fan people is. <clears throat> fan. I guess we could just say fans. fans. I don't have to say fan people. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like it is something that uh, we all kind of either, it's either in the back or the front of our mind at any given point, especially when dealing with fandom. But. Yeah, why don't you specifically tell us what we're going to be talking about today?
1: So, before I preface, well, like to preface anything that I say from here on, but the biggest theme of this po- like this particular episode is why is fanfic so gay? It is so gay. It is super gay, and there are a lot of reasons and there's a lot to unpack there. Um and I do want to be really specific before I get too deep in conversation about any of this but I will use gay and queer sometimes interchangeably. Me too. But like I will be really specific when I'm talking exclusively about like MLM ships or mm-hmm. Um, anything else. If that's an issue for you, you can come yell at me and not Emily. Um, or
0: you can also at me and I will literally just forward it on to Nia and be right. like, bitch,
1: this wasn't my idea. But like. you might want to do some <laughs> historical reading on the reclaiming of the word queer before you tell me it's
0: wrong and you just don't <laughs> like it. Well, it doesn't matter what you don't like. This is, <laughs> you're in Nia's world right now, guys. Sorry. So, again, um, my podcasts all come with an apology if you're offended by anything. Um, but, again, probably not going to uh, make any changes or anything beyond this disclaimer, I yeah. feel like doesn't need to um, to happen. Real quick, before we get started, though, I do have to share that um, somebody suggested we change the name of the podcast because uh, they read it wrong. <laughs> what, what did they think it was? Well, it was like, I, I mean, I guess if you... Like I'm trying to be sensitive to like dyslexics or whatever, but she was like, "I have dyslexia, and I read this wrong. You should change the name of the podcast." And I was thinking, like, "Yeah, I'll get right on that." Like, I appreciate that. That's a that is a suggestion. Thank you. But I'll take that into into consideration. Like, and I I don't. I'm sure it was a joke, but I was just like, "Hmm." (laughs) I hope it was
1: a joke. Um, If not. Sometimes we all need to recognize that it is not all about us.
0: <laughs> well, and then like somebody else. I are
1: upset when I am not about me <laughs> or we are not about me.
0: I am. Um, I was also tagged in a review of a CW show called I Ship It, which I didn't know existed. Yeah, I have no idea what that is. Um, but it was a negative review. And I was like, oh, I guess somebody doesn't like this show and they tagged the podcast instead. They're entitled to their opinion. And I was like, that's but cool, but could you just <laughs> take that tag off? Because like, I don't, I don't need to know that. I don't care if the plot of this show reminds you too much of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, like, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is an amazing show. Is it?
1: Why are you going to be negative about it? <laughs> um, yes, it is an amazing show. If you haven't watched it, you should. It's
0: great. I haven't. I also haven't watched this I Ship It show. Me either. I've which... never even heard of it. No, whatever. Anyway. Anyway, what we were saying. Go the on. only other disclaimer
1: that I want to make is that I'm white, I'm cis, and I exist somewhere between bi and demi. Um, so that's my, where my experiences are filtered through.
0: Obviously, everybody's different, but that's where I'm coming from. And I don't think anybody can expect anyone in the entire world to be all inclusive of absolutely every possible experience. I do my research and I try to be as inclusive as possible,
1: but obviously everybody's going to fuck up at some point and it's just how you respond and go from
0: there. There is a chance uh, that we may offend you in this episode. I really hope we don't. And if we do, I'm very sorry. Yeah, I hope not too. Um, But again... We've we've given a disclaimer. We've given a, a blanket apology. And I think on that note, we can probably we'll go just, forward. just jump right in. Yeah. All right. Um, so yeah, there's a lot to unpack, <laughs> as Emily is fond of saying. <laughs> there is a lot, a lot to, to unpack. unpack.
1: I don't have all the answers, but I did do a bit of research and was like, here are some informed guesses based on my own experience and things I've seen on the internet from the spaces that I occupy about just why is fanfic so gay, Emily?
0: <laughs> I mean, I think that is something that like when you're even especially when you're getting started as a fan mm-hmm. and like reading fic, that it is something if you're not aware that it's just going to be like, oh, oh, my oh God, my God. This there's, is, it's, there's so much of it. This is so gay. It's so gay. It's great. Just it's get on the train. Wonderful.
1: Journey. <laughs> um, but first and foremost, I think a lot of like fandom and fanfic in general, there's been such... A historical lack of representation in mainstream media and that's a really large blanket statement and a lot of what fanfic is about is it's transformative by nature that's really the whole point of it it's about changing the original media or content and it's to meet your emotional your sexual or your social needs and you're playing with subtext it's fun that's really the whole point point. and queer people have existed forever, and we've created stories forever, but we can't always quantify that as, you know, looking at characters or people. We have modern language and modern identities, Um, but I do think that technically queer fanfic has existed for a really long time. We just call it things like Dante's Inferno now, (laughs) or shakespeare who was making references and callbacks to all kinds of mythology and stories we just sanitized that and toned down the gay for academia but like oh my God. Dante's, please, dante's
0: dante's inferno is such a, super gay it is such a gay self insert
1: it really is and i love calling it out for that but like seriously name a shakespeare play that doesn't have homoerotic subtext it's true it's really difficult <laughs> um anyway but from moving on from there a lot of fanfic and why fanfic is so gay is about representation. It's about creating a space to see yourself and shipping and writing fix lets marginalized fans express or indulge themselves. And it, it creates an accessible space. It becomes a support community, I think, in a way. I was listening to the podcast Fansplaining, and there was a really good quote from Casey Feisler, Feisler, about... This idea, and this wasn't during their fourth anniversary episode, they were talking more about the pros and cons of closed fan spaces, especially in light of like the Tumblr crackdown and um, Sesta and FOSTA. But, and so this is what Casey had to say about that. It was, you know, queer people found fandom in part because it doesn't say queer support community on the tin, but that's what they found there. Yeah. It's, it isn't what fandom spaces are built as, but it is what we've built there. Mm -hmm. And, very often I feel like people are escaping a very real very politicized life which often makes fanfic or fandom a fun and pleasant space to escape to for a lot of reasons yeah not just because you're queer or for any reason
0: it's just a really fun space Mm-hmm. It can be. It should be. It often isn't. <laughs> it often isn't, and that shit's got to stop. As well, as far as I'm yeah, concerned. Yeah, I
1: really don't want to get into like any discussions of anti culture or whatnot because I am too old and tired for that right now. I'm so but
0: sleepy. <laughs> I'm so sleepy.
1: Um, but it is. It's a thing, and so I do just want to acknowledge it, even if I don't want to get into it. <laughs> and I do feel like a lot of fanfic that's written now that features gay or queer ships is, it's really about throwing out toxic masculinity and assumptions about gay relationships. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've gone from this idea of what this idea of like slash fic, where yeah. you're just taking characters who may be queer coded in a show mm-hmm. or have some chemistry on a show or like a book, whatever yeah. form of media that is, and having fun with it and it's like really examining that relationship. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we, so we've gone from what we would call traditional slash fic yeah. to actual canon queer content Mm -hmm. and so much of what I've seen in fic and how it's changed (laughs) is it's a lot about normalizing relationships and identities and that's so great I love that I feel like I
0: love me some soft ass happy domestic queer content (laughs) I just remember, like, when my mom, like, when I was one of my first fics that I like, fandom that I got really into writing for was Newsies, mm-hmm. um, and not that is some super queer content. Listen, there. listen, guys, <laughs> I'm not talking about the redone Broadway, you know, musical version. I'm talking about 1992, Christian Bale. Oh, love
1: that movie! It's um, so
0: bad It's so good. It's so bad. It's so good. It was my life's blood from like 14 to 16. And I wrote a very long fic for it um, with my first original character, and I this is one that I took like eighteen different Mary Sue litmus <laughs> tests for because I wanted her to be perfect, but not a Mary Sue, and she passed every time. Um, but my like this was before I knew I was supposed to be ashamed of writing fic, so I would like share it with my mom, who God bless her, <laughs> watched that fucking movie with me so many times. Like she didn't like it. We watched that movie. In
1: my eighth grade choir class, Mm -hmm. and we sang a Newsies medley. Oh, good!
0: I'm glad I tried for that in my tenth grade choir, and I was shocked. Can't really listen to Seize the Day ever again. But it's so good if you need to be hyped for something. (laughs) It's great. Um, But no, so my mom, bless her, she read every chapter of my fanfic, and she was very supportive and like super sweet, and like she wouldn't leave reviews because she knew like you know it'd be embarrassing. But then she would like she was so cute. She would read it at her at her like work computer and then she would email me a comment on the chapter and I'm like you're the best mom ever but um so she bless her after I finished the fic she was like I want to read more like like where's where's where's, where's, like where I I mean it doesn't have to be about your character but like I just want to read more about these characters and I was like oh well there's other fic out there and then she like I was at camp or something I was away and she called me and she's like Emily I can't find any story that isn't about A gay relationship. And you're like, Mom. And I was like, Mom. (laughs) I know, Mom. And she's like, But your characters weren't gay. I'm like, No, they weren't because I made a. Were they just really good friends? No, no, no. My original character was female and she was in love with Jack Kelly. Gotcha. Um, Because I was her. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I forgot this was Mary (laughs) Sue. Yeah, no, I wasn't trying to be Mary Sue and I kept passing the test. (laughs) But it was definitely me.
1: Total Um, tangent,
0: but your Mary Sues are valid. (laughs) We did a whole episode on Val and Mary Susan. But no, I was like, but every other, like, you have to, mom, there's been one female in the whole movie, like, and she's awful. Sarah's the worst. I don't care what anybody says. Um, <laughs> Sarah's the goddamn worst. And she's like, you can't ship her with anybody, even Jack, because that doesn't, rough. that doesn't work, because Jack's clearly in love with David. Um, but. There's, I was like, there's, there's no other women. There's just, there's just boys. So everybody writes. So I got to do the boys. So everybody does the boys, the boys, because that's who's there. And she was like, (laughs) yeah. It's like there's 95 pages of boys of stories here, and there are they all gay? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She was like, I don't know that I that I want to read all of this. I'm like, that's fine. fine, you are you know 50 years old and. staunch Christian and, and so sweet of you to try to understand something that I'm into, but it's okay. And she was like, I just, if if you find one that's about, you know, a straight relationship, you can send that to me. And I'm like, I will <laughs> not find one of those fix. Like, good luck. <laughs> good luck. I did, Mom. I, mil- I, I wrote it and I sent it to you.
1: <laughs> and that's something that I actually have tagged for a little bit later in this, but like why there are so many like capital G gay ships but Mm -hmm. we'll get there um but in terms of like why is fanfic so gay it it really I feel like has always been and really has become a space for personal exploration of identities especially with people our age who really came of age on the internet and I always hesitate to say the golden age of the internet because the internet is always a trash fire (laughs) But I did... We hated it then. We only called it the golden <laughs> <meat>
0: age in hindsight.
1: <laughs> in hindsight, because how little we knew. No, it was awful then, too. Um, I did a really informal survey on Twitter, and like I cannot stress how informal this survey was. It was not in any way academic or built out. I really just wanted to query people that I follow and people that follow me and who are really distinctively queer in fandom. And a lot of what I found was that people were getting into queer ships and queer fanfic around 13 to 16. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they were actively looking for queer content or actively shipping queer ships, Mm -hmm. which was super interesting to me because I feel like, granted, I was not looking for that when I was 13. I was also a baby and had no clue what I was doing on the internet. So I didn't really even know it was something that I wanted. And I was a little bit scared of the internet. (laughs) So, I think what I was doing at 13, I think I was writing so weird fan fiction, right? Or, and I was like, <laughs> I always think back to I missed a lot of the Harry Potter drama on right, the internet. Right, right, right. So, the rise of Dreary, for example, oh god, just went over my head. <laughs> well, and I was like, frankly, so many of the Harry Potter relationships went straight oh, over my head because
0: that's who I am. But your soul is so much less damaged. Oh, than I mine. know, <laughs> I know,
1: but it, it was a really interesting look at when people were getting like. People are agent, also people slightly younger, about like when they started really writing this content or looking mm-hmm. for this content. And I feel like it's way more prevalent now than it even was then. And what people are looking for is different, or not different necessarily, but like it's easier to find that content in a way that actively displays canon queer ships, which is so fascinating to me. And um, that we really have gone from a total media desert in terms of queer content, which is not true. It's always been there. It's always out there. But to go from the idea of like slash to canon. Mm -hmm. And we really are seeing more diverse narratives and characters in media, especially media that's produced by like non-white creators and people of color, especially in television. But I do feel like, especially with the rise of young adult books and like book fandoms in general, I just, I thought and I did like again, I kind of trolled my own bookshelf and was like, mm-hmm. how much of this is queer content? Mm-hmm. And it's so much. <laughs> um, there are a lot of these really big fandoms like The Raven Cycle or Carry On or The Song of Achilles, Percy Jackson, like all of this stuff that was like, this didn't exist when I was a right. teenager and mm-hmm. it's amazing that it exists now. Um, the TV list is even longer. I'm not yeah. going to list everything, mm-hmm. right. but I just, I looked and I was like, there's so much more here than there ever was. So I think by and large, shipping trends in fandom and fanfic really does track with mainstream awareness of an interest in queer identities, mm-hmm. um, which is so great to see actually coming to fruition. I love it. And frankly, the popularity of queer fanfic is just like the best giant <laughs> middle finger to uh, like especially Older authors who really voiced their opposition to fanfic, like mm-hmm. Anne McCaffrey back in the day, who said, you know, you can write whatever you want with my characters as long as it not like the capital G gay stuff, which is bullshit. Oh. It was a whole How thing. How precious of you. Like, oh, that's <laughs> nice. Um, but it
0: was a real thing, you know, where Anne Rice has doxxed people. Someday. And- Someday I'm going to do a deep dive on... Good God, it's terrifying. I'm um, the enemies of fanfic, and it's not going to be pretty. It is I'm really not going to be pretty. probably going to get a cease and desist letter, <laughs> and I'm going to frame it. And
1: <laughs> especially, like, even even in just popular media or pop culture now, it's so nice to see queer content that isn't explicitly about the tragedy and pain of being queer. Oh, my God. Um, Nobody has to fucking die. Right. And it's like back to that idea of, of fic being transformative or fandom being transformative. It really lets you be able to make the choice to be happy mm-hmm. which in itself is right transformative
0: um yeah so there's oh but good god
1: and race oh good man
0: god no i um i mean i was i talked about this last week too about um how important getting to see a happy ending is yeah lately um and how good omens being mm-hmm. that you know kind of goalpost right now of being like yes we all loved this because it was so nice to just see shit work out right um and you know i mean i love that there are people on this planet of earth who can read and watch that shit and be like they're not in love i'm like
1: (laughs) oh honey no you're right they're (laughs) they're just really good six thousand year old friends
0: husbands Um, (laughs) i don't care what you say i mean and the thing is like neil gaiman himself has been like no 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 it's a six thousand year love story Story. like they're they're in love that's and i'm not
1: exactly sure what people were getting up in arms with about neil gaiman about saying whether they're quote gay or not but i think what i took out of that was like one of the best things that i love about good omens the the tv show is that it really does give you a look at a relationship that is more than just oh this is just gay and it's just here Mm -hmm. um it's really special and it's really intimate and Mm -hmm. it's so wonderful for a lot of reasons, but this is a really good segue to back to what I was just mentioning earlier about kind of like that general awareness Mm -hmm. and fanfic has very much entered like mainstream consciousness and you now have celebrities who are aware of what fanfic and fandom are. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Michael Sheen responding to people on Twitter who are like, please don't cater to the ideas of these 12-year-olds who are the entire fanfic universe. It's like, can nothing be allowed to be clever adult entertainment? um, Or the Good Omens News is all about you and how you're according to that group. And I love what he responded to. And he said, I will un." unashamedly and unapologetically celebrate the joy and the warmth of creativity of a community of people sharing something positive and beautiful and connective and if you don't like it you are most welcome to very fuck off
0: like that kind of what response would have been to
1: deserve Michael
0: Sheen <laughs> that
1: kind of response would have been unheard of years yes. ago um, well maybe like Leonard Nimoy exception Yeah.
0: But... well no I mean uh, Neil Gaiman himself had said like the reason he wanted he wanted Michael Sheen to play Aziraphale like from the beginning was because he saw him at some press conference or whatever for Twilight. Oh yes, and Michael Sheen in Twilight is a delight. Yeah, way. I, I mean, I, I I haven't seen it because I won't, but
1: um, <laughs> You don't need to watch it, you just I need just to need, look at Michael Sheen know, in Twilight. I've seen, yeah, I've seen
0: the imagery. I know it's it's a thing that exists, but some reporter got shitty about, you know, because twi- everybody loves to fucking hate on Twilight. Yeah. And they love it because it brings teenage girls happiness so they're like fuck you guys but this you know reporter was like made some shitty comment about you know teen girls or fan fiction or whatever and michael sheen fucking like dressed him down and was like i'm not gonna sit here and let you you know shit all over something that we all worked really hard for that people love to you know explore creatively like and he like gave this huge you know beautiful answer that of course i don't have any quotes for because I don't do any research whatsoever unlike like <laughs> my beautiful guest star here <laughs> we're two sides of a very different coin um, but Neil Gaiman like saw or heard about this and was like yep that's my guy that's it <laughs> um,
1: and also I think Michael Sheen really loves the book mm-hmm. they both really love the book anyway but the other person I was thinking of was for like classic old sci-fi or fantasy fandom was mark hamill from oh. star wars like we stand, mark hamill because oh, what we, i remember we do. We do. at one point this was during either some press event or fan event someone came up to him and was like i really love luke skywalker and like to me luke is gay and that's how i always see it and like what do you think mm-hmm. and mark was like it doesn't matter what i think if he's mm-hmm. gay he's gay the end
0: i love if that's what you want then that's great that is such a beautiful way to treat your fans and that's the thing that i love about neil gaiman too is he so embraces death of the author he
1: does when he was also like i wrote fanfic. well and he's like i write fanfic all the
0: time (laughs) not in the sense of like yeah that you know if this is what you need to take from this character if this is what it yeah. says to you, like the fact that Mark Hamill has said that time and time again, that he's like, he doesn't really matter to that point. What I think, like, it, it matters what's important. to yeah, you. Yeah, what's important to you. And if I can play a character that helps you to identify, like, then yeah, mm-hmm. of course, that you know, to you, Luke is gay. Of course, that's like, let's right, go. Yeah, um, I think it's beautiful. But going from
1: like having open hostility yeah. about making fanfic gay or these characters gay or queer. Is to go from that to having more queer characters than ever in media, mm-hmm. and even if the most popular stuff is like capital G gay, um, and by that I mean like it's it's men, it's like men loving right. men. Yeah. Um, nothing beats googling a ship for something that you're interested in and be like,
0: that seems pretty
1: gay. <laughs> to finding out
0: it's super
1: gay. <laughs> to and finding it's out real. everybody
0: thinks that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, but I was thinking back to just like my early days on the internet, and I didn't really have any queer ships back then mm-hmm. because I just didn't engage with it, I think, on a level that most teenagers do today. Yeah. But did you have any queer ships back in
0: the day? I Back in the day, no, I didn't. Um, I could see, like I said, like with the, the whole Newsies thing, like mm-hmm. I completely 100% was like, I understand why there is 95 pages of, you know, men loving men. Vick yeah. out here because, again, there are there is one female character. We're very creative, very inspired. Fifteen-year-old girls. What the fuck are we going to write about? Like,
1: well, you know, yeah, yeah, it's it's also really hard. It's and especially in you know fandom consciousness when statistically most of the characters in a book, a TV show, or whatever media you're consuming are men, right? Statistically, more. It's just it's it's a lot harder. Like it it becomes the focus because mm-hmm. what else is there?
0: Nothing is there. Um, not to I say nothing. No, but, but um, I do recall being about sixteen, I think sixteen or seventeen. It was like my summer of like intense, like immersive Harry Potter fan fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not a dreary shipper. I still am not. Um, I have read dreary fic and I do enjoy it, but. Um, there was one that I read, and of course, it's gone forever because no. it was on some fucking archive that doesn't exist anymore. No. Like, the um, <laughs> <A> tragedy <laughs> of the internet. Fiction Alley or Astronomy Tower or some, like, one of these giant, I want to know where these stories went, these giant fic archives of nothing but, like, it was so specific. It was like Harry Potter romance fic lives here at the AstronomyTower.org and you could go there and you could be lost for months as i was in harry potter fic. there was a whole nother part that was just adventure fix and wow yeah and au it was like fucking crazy anyway um it's gone now it's these, totally these they they're just vanished into the world but there was a serious and lupin oh i fics. love serious remus Bank. it was an epic Um, this is a call to the internet if anybody knows what the fuck I don't remember what it was called I don't remember who wrote it it was like 35 chapters and it was one that I um, printed out to read like Mm -hmm. at school I would print it out and three hole punch it so I could keep it in my binder and look like I was writing notes I wasn't I was reading Sirius and Remus (laughs) fanfic but like it was so it started like you know on the Hogwarts Express day one love it and just went through... Oh, my God. It was so fucking dark. Because, like, you know... We think seri- some shit. Lupin was the only one left. He's oh dealing with Lord. the fact that, like, his best friend and his other best friend were murdered, he's, he thought, by this man that he's in love with who he's telling himself no. is just his other best oh friend. No. And then he's taken away from him for 13 years. And, like... There was Lex. a whole thing about like Sirius didn't have a trial, but like Lupin was like being told he might have to testify. And like, I mean, it was so dark. God, and when the they were angst. finally, oh, so angsty. Love it. And I was like, I said at 17, I remember just like weeping in study hall and people being like, What are you I'm doing? Are you okay? And I'm, like, I'm just really stressed out about now. chemistry class. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. It's fine. These are my chemistry notes. Yeah, I don't understand. Oh, there's definitely them. some chemistry there. There's so much chemistry. It's just, just, boiling um but yeah and then when they finally like got back together like when he was oh. Oh, when there are two
1: just <laughs> my two main series and remus big fix are one is the shoebox project which mm-hmm. is a classic i love it it's an epistolary fix so it's mm-hmm. them writing letters and notes back and forth oh, yeah, yeah yeah um it still technically exists but that's one of the ones that like i have a friend who it also disappeared from the internet for a while and everyone panicked. Um, <laughs> and I don't exactly know where it is right now, but she printed out every single chapter of that fic and has it in a binder in her house. And it's honest to God, That's... like a four or five inch binder. I mean, and I it is respect full. that dedication She would, When so she was studying much. abroad, she had her friend print out pieces of that fic and mail them to her. Oh my God. And I love her for that. So... <laughs> But yeah, that's definitely one of the ones. But yeah. Like the ships that I feel Sirius like. Sirius
0: and Remus were, were clamped onto. Were uh, they, I mean, again, it wasn't something that I necessarily went looking for because, again, mm-hmm. it was still very much like taboo. Um, Even though it was so prevalent, which is weird to me, like thinking about it now, like I don't hesitate. I don't fucking I I don't even think about it. I have a podcast that I talk about going on AO3 literally every single day of my life looking for something to read. And I don't bat an eye if I'm looking for, you know, Steve and Bucky, for instance. Right. Um, Which I so frequently am. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I was like I wouldn't, you know, go searching for it. But if it's, if it's like came across my dash, I'd be like, oh, I guess I'll read this. Why not? Like, why not? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was, that was a big one. And then there really I got kind of away from fandom for a while when I was in college because I didn't think I was allowed I also was just too busy. I wasn't busy. I was fucking, I was just fucking off all the time. (laughs) And I was like trying to be cool, which is ridiculous because anybody who knows me knows I've never once in my entire life for a single second been cool. You're Um, cool for different reasons. (laughs) (laughs) You're cool to me. (laughs) Thank you, Nia. You're cool to me, too. But as far as, like, 2005, you know, what was was considered cool.
1: (laughs) I was never cool in my life. Are you kidding
0: me? (laughs) Never been cool in my whole life. But I was like, I have to, um, I had to distance myself from, like, my fanfiction.net profile. Like, I wouldn't let anybody (laughs) find it. Even when I had friends that were, like oh, I read fanfic. I'm like, you don't get to read my fanfic, Like, then. absolutely not. Now I'm like, what's this, a total stranger? Of course, please take my business card, which has my AO3 <laughs> link on it. Like, I want you to read my fanfic. I'm so fucking proud of it. But, um, I did get into, this is so embarrassing. Whatever, I don't care. I did get into a Backstreet Boy amazing vibe for amazing. a while. <laughs> um, someday I will get Brittany on this show and we will talk about the weekends multiple weekends that we lost of our lives to reading backstreet boy fanfic. Um, I feel like that's the progenitor to One Direction fanfic. As oh, it is. I yeah. hear people talk about One Direction fic. I'm like, where were you? You're like, no, this no, started no. in the 90s. I know. I know where this fucking started. Like I remember these these fics. Yeah. This is not this is not new. This is not a new trend. It's <laughs> not a new trend at all. It's just it's an added trend with social media. But, but again with um With that situation, there were five men. Right. Um, What else is going (laughs) to happen? They go on record multiple times talking about how much they love each other. Um, And I just thought it was very obvious that Brian Luttrell and Nick Carter were in love. Right? (laughs) Obviously. Obviously. And I was very happy to read about that. So yeah, so I'd say like mm-hmm. Remus and series were my first one and then Brian and Nick. Love it. Amazing. When I was so very much denying that I had anything I was deep in denial. Like hey, we've all been there. <laughs> deep in denial um about that. And I was I was there's there is a fic that I will never finish. It was an epic that I wrote Amazing about AJ McLean and an incredible in a original female character. And I'm still pretty proud of it, but I will never finish it. Um, But yeah, Nick and Brian were like, it was like my dirty secret yeah. in college that I would read that. It's a really great fig title, dirty, <laughs> dirty Secret. I'm certain it exists. Oh, I'm sure it exists. <laughs> Thousands of times I'm over. By multitudes. <laughs> Thousands <laughs> you, of fandoms. You could just type that in to any archive and you would get millions of hits. <laughs> millions <laughs> of response. Millions. I'm not even going to go there. No, it
1: would take so long. But I love it. Um, but I do feel like kind of jumping off that, like why fanfic is so gay and why people hate it so much, um is that idea of it's clandestine, it's and this also is not exclusive to slash fic or queerfic, but really like why people hate fanfic in general, they're really just inextricable ideas. Fanfic is way more mainstream now than it ever has been mm-hmm. and of course with more visibility you get more haters right. um, especially like authors are still very vocal about it showrunners are quite vocally anti fanfic sometimes and it comes with the idea that fans only care about the gay stuff mm-hmm. um, and show writers and showrunners on social media are more accessible they're more easy to get to and be bombarded by upset fans so i can see why they have that response and for a really long time, fanfic has always been associated with sex. Yes. Um, and that was honestly the primary driver for a long-ass time. It's like, you have these characters who have chemistry, you want to make them bang. Right. And, and you won't see it on TV. Right. So It's yeah. not going to happen. It's not going to happen. The majority of people see that as something that's really deviant or mm-hmm. perverse, which, right. <laughs> guess what? <laughs> a lot of people see queer people as deviant yeah, or perverse. still. Yeah. And like, especially if you're making it gay in any sense of the word. And because it's been associated with sex, it also, therefore, is associated with women because it's something that's inherently weird or categorized as lesser or Mm other, And it really slots in nicely with that obsessive fangirl trope Yep, of, you know, they're hysterical, they're overly emotionally involved, it's delusional, you're wasting time on something frivolous. That ties in quite nicely with, oh, they're just obsessed with sex.
0: Right. And... And that people love to hate on things that yeah. make women
1: happy. Exactly. We've seen that for a long time. It still is very true. Right. And I feel like that applies to especially gay fic yeah. <laughs> or slash fic or whatever you want to call it. And like fanfic is for amateurs. And I don't say that lately. Like it's not a criticism. Fanfic is a hobby. We all know this. Even if it's your whole world, right. it's still not yeah. something that's professionalized like original writing can be. And that's always going to be a slightly lower status mm-hmm. than. Like real published work, um, right. it's been a subculture for a long, long time, and with that, there's always going to be skeptics and derision towards the idea. But I do love this is my nerd coming out. Um, <laughs> when I say fanfic is amateurs, like. The etymology of amateur, and from Latin, is it's from the Latin amare, which is to love, or amator, which is lover. So for amateurs, at least we're doing it from a place of deep love.
0: So what you're saying is fanfic is for lovers? Yes, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we have our title. We now have our tagline.
1: (laughs) Fanfic is for lovers. Um, And I think... With the idea that fanfic is so prevalently gay, it's not all sunshine and rainbows sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like being critical of something that you love doesn't mean that it has to be exclusively negative. That's just not what critical thinking is. Right. Um,
0: I think like you said earlier about um, that, you know, now we're getting to a point where not just in fic, but also in canon that mm-hmm. we can enjoy happy endings with our queer ships. Sure. and you Know also see that in writing, like you know, the sweet, soft, like what we yeah. were recommending to each other, the, only, the sweet, soft, domestic, you know, fix about like, you know a gay care or a
1: gay couple. I think there should always be space for the non happy ending, not everybody mm-hmm. wants that, but I do think that just real, like, if you are queer in real life, you don't always get the happy ending, yeah, and it's very real, like, um. So I always want to leave space for that kind of mm-hmm. story to be told. It's really important, but it's not always what I want, and right. it's not always what I want to read.
0: And it's nice that now I see like there's a lot more of the soft, fluffy happy sure. endings as opposed to like the angsty, that, long, the drawn angst out. that ripped my heart out at 17 about Remus and Sirius. Like that is that was obviously very important to me because right. I still remember it. Um But it's not, it's not necessarily to access feelings. Something I think that I would a go looking for today. Um, or to really even have like necessarily, I guess, I guess be necessary. Yeah. You know, like we know it's not necessary
1: to my own fandom experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. For some people it is. Some people really want to use fandom or fanfic to examine trauma and angst. And that's
0: totally fine. And I have absolutely done that as well. Like as a, as a writer, you know, fic is a place you said earlier. I mean, it's a place to explore your own experience and explore yeah. everything, um, but yeah, I think that that it's very nice to see. In it's nice to have the happy ending, and in canon, you know that 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 queer people are just being allowed to be, be themselves, themselves, or be and happy. be happy and have a you know I hate this word, but like have a a normal you know yeah. experience as far as like what we consider to be normal on uns- or something shown that on isn't TV. otherized. Yeah, exactly. Not otherized. tragic. Right. Fucking, yeah, and not right. everybody has to be Tara McClay shot through the heart. Right. Buffy.
1: I'm still so mad. Your shirt. (laughs) No. Oh. Yeah.
0: Sarah's last words. Right, I know. Your shirt. I know. The worst thing that ever happened.
1: Honestly, that may have been the first indicator for me that I was like, I should not like Joe Sweden.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That was the first strike. (laughs) Look. Like, look man you didn't it have me a minute to get there you didn't have to do this oh it took me a minute to get there too no but i i mean i just this week i feel like the, the legacy of tara mcclay is that we'll all die mad right about the fact that she was taken from us i, I was tagged on twitter this week oh my god <laughs> from our friend curtis from pennsylvania who was like he said he was watching season six again or something. Oh, and he just no. tagged me and was like, I'll die mad about this. She you deserved decided. better. I'm like, She did deserve better. Cry every day, buddy. Cry every day about Tara McClay. We all deserved better.
1: This is why fanfic exists, so exactly. we can make it better. Tara lives.
0: <laughs> Thank you. In Buffy Vic, as far as I'm concerned.
1: What? In the idea of even fanfic not being all sunshine and rainbow mm-hmm. and fandom in general, this is something that. We talked a little bit about, but it is capital G game. Most ships are men in love with yes. other men.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And when men get more screen time figuratively and literally than women, more ships are just gonna feature men. Right. It's- a fact i would also love to see all the data on that frankly someone rent like give me the paper give me the survey
0: (laughs) i have a friend who loves to collect data so same (laughs) i may i may just like sick her on this and be like hey you should look this up she like builds for no reason
1: (laughs) i follow someone on twitter who was a really big part of the fansplaining uh shipping survey Mm -hmm. that they just did this year which was so much fun listening to her talk about that but (laughs) um but because you see so many like. Men in gay ships mm-hmm. in fandom or even in canon, it's like societal bias is just going to tell us that white cis men are the most important and interesting. They have the highest value in media, therefore they're also the most popular in right. fandom. It's it's both a seeing is believing idea and also we need more, we need better. Mm-hmm. Um, I also don't necessarily, and this might be a bit of a controversial take. So if this offends anyone, we've already apologized,
0: it's fine, no going back. <laughs>
1: to me, shipping isn't representation. Um, it doesn't necessarily increase awareness in the mainstream or like people's idea of what like actual real queer issues are. Um we do live in the echo chamber that is the internet, and sometimes it's really hard for people to disengage from what is true in canon or fanon Mm -hmm. in a fandom than real life. Like, for example, shipping Finn and Poe in Star Wars doesn't actually make Disney any better to queer people (laughs) or more supportive of anyone in that community. I
0: mean, I think think the the further down topic of our conversation is going to prove that as well. Oh, yeah. Um,
1: and like just like that bullshit with background gay characters in movies and claiming it's groundbreaking representation. No, it's shit representation, say, actually. Oh,
0: are, you about, are you talking about the groundbreaking work that Joe Russo did as unnamed gay oh, extra number 35? Sure,
1: that's one example. But also like this nonsense with the, di- uh, the remake of Beauty and the Beast where they made... Oh, God. I was like you saved it for the credits, you motherfuckers. Yeah. And also, like, what a horrible thing. I, it was just gross. Like, companies like Disney and Marvel, they're corporations. They're not your friends. Right. They and don't care. Fandom has a tendency to conflate ideas of what they see as positive identity as actual acts of liberation. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you add in this hyper consumers culture of social media, it just takes off like wildfire. And it results in this tangle of... You know, your media consumption, your personal identity, other people's identities, and good, quote, good representation that really only benefits the corporations who are producing the content. They capitalize on that. They're
0: 100% willing to take your money and promise you content that's not going to exist. And in case the opinion of this podcast has not been uh, made, we are um, very anti capitalists here (laughs) and um nobody in this room at least i think i can speak for all three of us uh, believes that corporations are people and that they have feelings or anything don't care about your ship sorry we should be concerned about offending right thanks they're not going to come after (laughs) us anyway they have they have so many things to throw money at this tiny baby
1: podcast but (laughs) i do think that real activism in the real world can also result in more media representation mm-hmm. um, like for example in the late 80s and early 90s reclaiming the word queer actually did play some part in getting the show queer's folk on the air. Um, oh really? I didn't which know that. I did some reading on this and this was fascinating to me mm-hmm. and I'll have to find it so you can link it but it's you know it's an older show but it was also really groundbreaking for what it was oh, and yeah. that you had the show that featured real queer people mm-hmm. and it's a cycle like the more representation you see the more marginalized identities you're going to be able to have right in front of your face and if you're talking about fandom more characters to share, yeah
0: absolutely. which is uh, all we ever want right
1: and the more that those identities are at the forefront of everyone's minds the more we think about them and the more we willfully interpret which is a bit of a double-edged sword it does mean that i feel like right and this is something that I love about fandom is that you see the gay in everything mm-hmm. um, but that does sometimes fall into the category of what we're consuming is actually just queer coding um, which is great sometimes um, <laughs> but imp- interpretation isn't always canon but it's not always queer baiting either so mm-hmm. sometimes we exist in this murky middle land of what that actually is and It's something that I see thrown out on the internet, like, "Oh, this is queer baiting." Oh, this is queer. Well, actually, that's not really the definition of queer baiting. Queer baiting is something that's like intentionally stirring interest in media that's trying to attract specific fan bases or groups of people, but not following through. So it's like Mm -hmm. specifically targeting LGBTQIA people and young women. Um, Like, for example, in Something that came up when I queried people about this was, like, for Teen Wolf, they hinted mm-hmm. that Styles would be bi, mm-hmm. um, but it just ended up being like, oh, he's platonically hanging out with his friends. Oh, so no, it's like that's not... intentionally right, capitalizing yeah. on people's yeah, emotions yeah, and absolutely. frankly time and money. Whereas, like, queer coding is maybe it's implied, but it's not actually negated. So it's like maybe members of the creative team they generally wanted to write. These queer characters, but were forced to tone it down by corporate stakeholders. They mm-hmm. leave little hints in the show.
0: Um, well, something, and maybe I'm I'm reading this entirely wrong, but something I read about um, Killing Eve, yeah, was people were saying it was queer baiting, and I don't know. think that at all. And because like then I read this article, Villanelle I mean, is actually queer. Yeah, no, <laughs> she doesn't. There's there they don't step around that at all. The only thing that hasn't been explicit is whether or not she and Eve. Yeah, are going will to be together. Remain to be seen, and that's very interesting. Which I haven't read. I haven't seen season two, so I don't oh, know. Amazing, but, do it. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta wait for it to come out on Hulu. Um, oh, it's out. Is it? Yeah. Is it on Hulu? Season. I, I'll check. maybe. Okay, but definitely. it's out. <laughs> um, but so I was sent a link that was like, um, basically that whole show just said, you know, fuck Dyke Lives and all this other stuff, and I was like, I don't think they said that at all. But let me read the. The, I understand the response of why they're coming from that. The article. I don't know that I agree with it. And it was something that, um, oh my gosh, I completely. Sandra O oh had said yeah. in an interview where she was like, "We would do a scene together. Jody and I would do a scene together," and a lot of the times the intensity would be honestly like too much. Mm. Like we would say like, "No, no, no, we have to back this up because yeah. you know," and and people read that as saying like they didn't want to be too gay oh, on you're... TV. I see, and I'm thinking yeah. like. I guess you could read it that way, but I'm reading it as an actress yeah. who doesn't want to be portraying something that they aren't allowed to be portraying yet in yeah. the story.
1: It was like, who knows what context that quote was from? And yeah. maybe it was this particular scene needs to be more subtle. Right. So we'll see. But other thing, other good examples I was thinking of was like, The Good Place, Eleanor is kind of hinted to be by, but it's not confirmed. Mm-hmm. Um Will in Stranger Things, there's been a lot of debate about yep. whether Will is
0: gay or not, or um, possibly. Also, um, I've seen that it's a, it's possible that he's gay, or it's possible that he's asexual, right? Which you know would be also Amazing. something that I never see on TV. It's like, I highly doubt that's that's probably not gonna where they're going. Happen, but but <laughs> at right now, but it's
1: like I am more than here for that headcanon to be validated. Yeah. I'm, that's so important for so many reasons. The other really big example for recent popular media that I came up with that relates, at least thematically, to what we were gonna talk about later, is Carol and Maria from oh. Captain Marvel. That to me is a classic example of of queer coding. I don't think it was technically queer baiting. I don't think it was queer it.
0: because they didn't, it was never, it was never brought up. It was right. never I mean, but confirmed it's like, or denied. It's you know? this
1: trope of like, they are so obviously married and like <laughs> Monica is their daughter. It's, it's, it's like, it's super child. fucking obvious, even if it's not canon. Those like, they are her
0: family. Well, somebody, when they were saying like about, you know, everybody making this, you know, fuss about. Endgame, having the first openly gay character. You're like, oh, no. (laughs) No, and everybody was like, well, it's Carol, right? Duh. Like, it's... I mean, it's not Have you all met Carol? Hello? It's not the first Marvel movie, but, like...
1: Right. And (laughs) there's also a really big difference between insisting a character is queer or not including canon queer content or crediting creators outside of, like, films, for example. Mm -hmm. So I think of, like, Valkyrie, for example, Mm -hmm. is... That's a big one. Remains to be seen, whether or not in this fourth Thor movie, if that's going to be a thing, I will like scream if it's going to be real.
0: But I I I think
1: she is actually confirmed by in the comics. Don't quote me on that. No, I think
0: she is. And that's why uh, name was escaping me. The actress playing. Tessa Thompson. Thank you so much. Tessa Thompson had said, like, that's why she went. Yeah, in that direction, like that's what helped because her build that character because that's what was already yeah confirmed in
1: some in outside content. Yeah, so I would love to see the films do more with that I as mean, opposed to just ben hinting at hinted it. Hinted
0: that as king, she's going to be allowed to find a queen. Oh, amazing! I'm so here for fun. it. I
1: hope it's Jane. Um, same. I kind of <laughs> hope it is, but also like going back to Captain Marvel, like so much of that, like you can't deny there's so much about Carol that's queer. Yeah, and like, didn't Brie Larson say that? Carol and Maria are the great love story. That's what she said. She movie. said
0: that's she said that's the great love of her life that she's right. trying to get back to. Exactly. Now we can interpret that as like just gals being pals. Which, uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I have best friends too that I would love to get back to and I wouldn't call them the love of my life if we like, were separated. Yeah. Um, but she said, you know, that's the great love of Carol's life. That that's her family, that's her home, mm. that's the love story is right. Carol and Maria and Monica. And it's like they're they're queer. They're Sorry, I'm like, about it. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, that's like Monica was a little girl who was reunited with, you know, the other biggest influence in her life. Like, mm-hmm.
1: and I feel like corporations like Marvel are really going to capitalize more on things like queer subtext than mm-hmm. they are even on queer yes. coding, um, which is something where it's like not intended, like, subtext is not intended necessarily to be queer, or gay, or however, whatever term you want to use. Um, they legitimately didn't understand how it would come across and we all ran with it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That happens a lot. Yeah, Um, I think corporations like Marvel and Disney will sometimes absolutely capitalize on people's interest in that. But I was trying to come up with an example of queer subtext, maybe supernatural, Mm. maybe, where it was like, I don't know. I have not watched Supernatural, so... Really? None of
0: it? Not really, no. Wow. That's impressive. Like I said, I missed a lot. Well, it's just that there's so much of it. Like, it's one of those things, like, as I saw somebody on Tumblr was, like, when somebody asks if I've seen something and I say, like, I'm familiar with the premise, it means I've seen a lot of GIFs of it on Tumblr. (laughs)
1: Like, Like, I am familiar with the premise and... I have seen a lot of kids. I've seen someplace. bits
0: and pieces. Yeah.
1: That's. But I also am just not interested in it. So uh, yeah.
0: I mean, and, and it's a mess. We did a, we did a Supernatural <laughs> episode already and it was like, it should have stopped after five seasons. They're on season 15 yeah. and now. That train has run out of steam. But I, that is one that I will watch. I've seen so much of it and I'm not like, I wouldn't call myself like a Supernatural fan yeah. necessarily, but I've seen so G damn much of it that like, But I still don't see. Yeah. I don't see the subtext. I don't Mm -hmm. see the ship. I like and it's not me not wanting to see it. It's like I just I don't see it, guys.
1: I know. I feel like you could probably take Will's character from Stranger Things. And if there wasn't all of those hints left in the original script Mm -hmm. that people have pointed out, it's like, oh, maybe this was something that they were going to use or play with. Mm -hmm. It probably would have just ended up as subtext and something that's will like you interpret this. Another good example, maybe, that I just thought of is, like, The Great Gatsby. There's a lot of queer subtext in The Great Gatsby. Mm-hmm. I highly doubt F. Scott Fitzgerald really wanted to deal with the fact that maybe he had a crush on Hemingway. Um, maybe. Maybe. are so complimentary? <laughs> so there's a lot of subtext there. But anyway, it get, my point is, it gets messy between those three categories. Yeah. Queer reading is really shady, mm-hmm. but it's actually rarely what's happening
0: it's what yeah it's it i feel like it's called out a lot more than it actually it actually exists. is <laughs> exists yeah
1: um
0: but spinning to an entirely different direction
1: of you know why we see so many capital g gay ships where are my ladies and other underrepresented <laughs> identity like i need more of it i'm just like now that we're moving into this space where we have more canon content mm-hmm. i want more like i just it's been a really white really male gaze for a, long-ass time and white gay ships largely dominate fandom so it's really hard not to wonder where representation for queer women and queer ships that aren't focused on cis men where it's supposed to fit in into mainstream media like even in this day and age in 2019 female leads especially in really big movies like star wars for Mm -hmm. example they get the largest amount of just awful gross sexist and misogynist backlash from the yeah. internet and yeah like and you know for example like if you look at um like Carol and Maria in Captain Marvel like if those mm-hmm. narratives were not centered or if, or sorry like if they were centered on men mm-hmm. it, like that wouldn't even be a question like yeah it but you know the fact that it's like two women or possibly like these characters are Buy or like maybe they're non-binary totally impossible not gonna like no no
0: that's not realistic at at, all
1: and so thinking about like we are seeing so much more queer content in media i did just kind of a self-inventory like are we actually seeing more queer characters who aren't men and are they not immediately fridged um Mm -hmm. or like what kind of representation are we seeing it gets harder yeah um it's definitely out there but it does get harder um I pulled some of my friends and I was like, do you have any ships that are not exclusive to men? Like, it doesn't have to be cis woman with cis woman. It mm-hmm. can be, like, kind of any happy, diverse combination yeah. of whatever you're thinking of. Things people came up with were, like, Sailor Moon. Yeah. Characters from Sailor Moon. Or, like, shows like The Fosters on Sense8. I was going to say, on. did
0: you ever did you watch Sense8? I
1: haven't and I really need to.
0: It's one of it's, those ones that it... Jare and I have talked about this before. It's like... I feel like that show did everything it could to give, like, the the Tumblr, basically. Mm-hmm. Basically, what give Tumblr wanted. what they fucking wanted, and nobody yeah. watched it. Ugh. And, well, and also Netflix fridge time. Well, and Netflix, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things that it was, like, it just... But it wasn't as popular as, like, some of their yeah. other shows. So, you know, it got It got canceled. Canned. Um, but that show... I fucking love that show. I need to watch it. It sounds amazing. Beautiful. It's like other shows that have come up
1: um, recently and are getting really, or maybe not really, but like are getting the attention and the awards they deserve. Are shows like Pose Mm -hmm. um, or the bisexual Vida? None of which I've actually watched yet, but Mm -hmm. I really they're like on my to watch list. Other things that have come across my screen. Um, are things like Gentleman Jack mm-hmm. or Black Sails, which, fascinating. Black like,
0: Sails is just gay pirates, right? I mean, it's like
1: <laughs> anti-capitalist revolutionary gay pirates, but there's also definitely how, queer women in
0: there. How have I not watched the show? That's it's everything a I love. Legit.
1: I will preface that. like, If you're going to watch Black Sails, go in knowing that it's intense. However, the ending of season two is cathartic as fuck and also... The ending to Black sails will make you cry. Um, I mean, where where do I find this? Uh, you can find it's on Through Stars. Is so, it? That? Oh, fuck! Which is well, a problem. All right, that's why I haven't watched it. Back. But I've also seen authors, as whether it's you know sci-fi or fantasy, really start to feature characters who are neither cis or straight mm-hmm. or white, which is amazing. Um, like Anne Leckie's Imperial Rock books. I don't know how to say that (laughs) um it's like you have prominent ace characters in space uh you've got Mackenzie lee's lady's guide to petticoats and piracy which is the sequel to her first book um the gentleman's guide to vice and virtue which is delightfully gay (laughs) um you've got books like every hearted doorway or even classically like robin hobbs books um for the blanking I, I have read all of these books i know them very well why am i blanking on the title name um i think it's the Farciers books um where you have the character of beloved or the fool who is very non-binary and also definitely somewhere along what we would call ace if we're using modern terms but i've also noticed a trend of like I kind of wondered, you know, we see a lot of more queer content in historical dramas lately, mm-hmm. and I'm just wondering, is that more palatable? Or are we dressing it up in crinolines, like bi and lesbian women can't be real, so we're just pretending or imagining it in the past? And I mean, kind of the same with sci-fi. It's like, our, we like we see a lot of queers in space, um, which is amazing. Love it. Um, <laughs> Take but me
0: to space if that's where they all right, are. <laughs> I do kind of wonder, is, it, like, is this idea
1: that space is so malleable that anything can be real? And it really forces you to think about the possibilities, but I do think that could also be otherizing in some context. Like that can't exist on earth in real life. I'm
0: being a bit of a downer here. I think
1: all of this content is great to see. <laughs> I was gonna say,
0: I feel like it's one of those things that I I am happy to see queer content in historical. Um, context, especially because historians are so fond of saying, "Oh, they were just friends." Yeah, no, gal's being pals, gals and pals. you know, gal pals and and best guy, you know, best guy friends. Um, you know, I mean, there's a whole there's a whole fucking series of images that I just love of like women, you know, admiring each other in their seamed stockings right. and like testing things, you know, like. Um, checking, uh, uniform requirements for, you know, as nurses in World War Two, And it's like, I love a horny handhold. Well, and it's like, yeah, just gals being, you know, just so helpful. Like, right. you know, this woman is clearly, like, lovingly running her hand up another woman's thigh. And I it's think like, there's a show about Emily Dixon that's going to come out soon. Yes. That she's totally gay. Yeah. Great. <laughs> love but, it. But I also think, like, it's night, it's, it's, you know, it's, I, I'm happy to see that in historical context because it's that, history has always been it's more affirming. gay than you know we have been taught to believe right. um you know and that uh um you know so the and the thing in you know with the with you know space being so out there or whatever right. like i i can't really think too much about that like i don't really have too much of an opinion but i do think like anything i guess that puts that content out there that Paves the way for, for more, more is great. I think it's. Positive. I'm a fan.
1: Yeah. I, I should clarify. I'm not criticizing this. It's. <laughs> I'm just thinking about like why are we doing this? Uh huh. Um, but obviously, I'm so happy to see it. Um, the other thing that this led me to think about a lot is how prevalent um, gender swap or cis flip fix are mm-hmm. in fandom now, which does definitely come with some pitfalls and. I don't really want to talk about how problematic sometimes that can be, but, and like, I think they're popular tropes because we've existed so long on crumbs. Yes. Um, And you, for a long, long time, we've never really seen gender fluid or non-binary or trans or even ace characters. Just like, it feels like it's always been non-existent in like capital M media. And, But so I do think, you know, especially in fanfic, it's an avenue to writing about more complex pairings that isn't just cis men dicking down other cis men, which is totally valid. Don't (laughs) let me stop you. Like, knock yourself out. So it's like, I see it a lot in terms of authors that I follow who are generally very aware of you know, trying to not make this trope transphobic or mm-hmm. problematic. But it's like, your fave pairing, but girls. Or your faves, but not cis. Yeah. And
0: it can be its own kind of catharsis. Yeah. No, that's true. It's one of those things, like, I don't necessarily... It's like, we don't want less... Right. I don't less, want less content. Less but content. I, I just... Maybe a little bit different. Just maybe a little <laughs> bit different. It's fun. Um,
1: <laughs> and... But it's, like, thinking about jumping back to historical dramas. And the one thing that I really love about, and it's just like, Figno is so fucky with gender, and it's great, and I love it. And it also just like, it really capitalizes on those queer tropes of just yearning and longing. Capital L's and Y's. Love it. I'm here for it. It makes me so happy. It's what I consume. And it makes me think a lot about the prevalence of the the uh, quote from Anne carson <laughs> in her translation of the oris dio which i see attached to so many queer ships i love it <laughs> um but it's essentially this three lines which is um uh, it's essentially it's like it's um, i should have looked this up before i tried to quote it out memory, but it's like <laughs> I think it's one of the characters says, I'll take care of you. And the other one says, it's hard work, um, but not not if it's it's you. you. Not for me, not if it's you. Not for me, not if it's you. And I'm just like, God, if that is isn't a mood.
0: Um, So that's that's just great. I I wish this. I often wish this. I'm happy that this is not a visual medium most of the time. But guys, I wish that you could see the smile on Nia's face right now when I'm she so talks happy. about this. She's so happy. Like it's yeah. beautiful. It's so fun. I feel very warm. Not Yay. just because we're sitting in a very small we're, space, but we're having a great time. <laughs> we're having a great time, and Nia yeah. is very happy to be talking about this. I it's hope it is coming best. across in her words because I feel like everybody should know. This is so great.
1: <laughs> but um. When I was doing just like kind of rereading some fix in preparation for today, and looking at some of my bookmarks that are like cis flip fix, mm-hmm. um, another reason they're really fun to get into is because the tropes for, um, like, like capital G gay men loving men ships don't always translate when you switch it over so it gives you something more to examine and like we've been told that those ships are the most interesting for so long and they're the most popular so it's like Mm -hmm. what about something new and we're so used to writing about white gay men and I think fandom's assumptions don't always like can't and shouldn't translate to when you're writing about not those people Mm -hmm. um so a lot of MLM ships or fix really do give men the complexity that isn't afforded to non cis or non white characters sometimes, and there is a direct correlation between popularity and visibility and frankly, gender diversity and fandom. But it just it's always made me be like give me the variety. I love it. I want it. Give me the complexity. And I will and just, say that when
0: those fix are not tagged appropriately, oh it, it is, can
1: be a minefield. It is
0: very very confusing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to come out and say as somebody who has not sought that out, not nothing. Tag
1: appropriately, friends.
0: As always, that is that is our main goal here on this podcast is to make sure that people understand how appropriate tags are and how important they are. Um, But yeah, it can be very, very, very confusing. It can be really jarring.
1: And (laughs) I would hate for anyone to start reading some of those fics and feel awful or hurt and i don't want that so but I, like, it does I was, happen yeah <laughs> i
0: mean i have i have like combed through yeah. a fic one time being like what did i miss what i missed was the fucking tag because it wasn't there
1: oh <laughs> like, <laughs> tag for content <laughs> tag that's for, all i have
0: to say look, like guys
1: if just you're assume... not gonna tag because it's spoilery
0: add a note note. please assume that every one of your readers is as dumb as your (laughs) podcast host friends who just blindly jumps into everything and is like yes this is what i want is this what i want i'm swimming with sharks right now did i want this maybe i didn't maybe i didn't can i go back can i go back oh there was no sign that said sharks oh (laughs) chomp legs gone um yeah, so please tag appropriately. Please. But if that is something that you were looking for, it it there's plenty out there. I assume oh, for yes. Sure. Okay. Like,
1: look, abo fic is popular for a reason. <laughs> it's not always my jam, but shockingly, I found some people who can write it well, and it's been really interesting. Um, anyway, which is what I would love to see in fic. Like, kind of thinking about where do we go from here? Is I would really love everyone in fandom to. Commit to expanding our own horizons and like really investing in non white, non cis, non male media or characters and these narratives. Like, I would love to see the data on the intersections in fandom that are all about queer identity, even if that's just a quantitative pipe dream. <laughs> I would just really love to see that overlap. And like, we have to invest in diverse media and diverse narratives and consume more of it. Like, if we are seeing content and narratives that are less white and, like, frankly, way less straight than any yeah. of their predecessors that I have to believe it's coming. Mm-hmm. And I just want to see more of it.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely, I mean, like, like we say, in our, you know, lifetime as fans, not even like our, you know, 30 years on mm-hmm. this earth, like in the last 10, 15, even, you know, the change that has happened has been insane as far as like what has been like
1: for lack of a better word it has been transformative yeah
0: and i anyways. think that you know that tide having started turning 15 years ago or whatever you know just from what we've been able to see with our own eyes and our own experience that there is definitely more coming and that the change is mm-hmm. it's it's on its way it's just i mean i think that you're entirely right to hope for and want more change um but don't I don't think that like it's a distant no, dream. No, like, no,
1: no, no, no. It's definitely there. Like, queer fandom exists. Yeah, we've been here for a really long time. Right. Um, I just want to see
0: more. <laughs> I want to see
1: more stuff. Give it to me. And it's it's been really fascinating on my corner of the internet, just seeing this really, for a very academic word, just kind of like a transnational mo- m- moment. With fandom, where you have a lot of crossover, for what I think have been predominantly Western fandoms mm-hmm. or fans, starting to interact and experience with people in fandoms who are not white and and like who do not come from Western cultures. So things like K-pop mm-hmm. or any of these like Chinese dramas that are becoming really big, uh, Yuri on Ice, which we talked about mm-hmm. in our first episode. And I think the most important thing there as fans is like, if that's content that you're going to engage with, and like, please do because it's great. Yes, thank you. I will pick that up. Um,
0: <laughs> please take this. Sorry, this is the exchange <laughs> of the Uriane Ice Blu ray yes. I that I have kept since January. <laughs> I miss them. I'm sorry. Um, please take it. It's back. fine. It's
1: fine. <laughs> this is why the internet exists. Um, I do just think it's really important to learn how to listen and decentralize yourself in those fandoms. And like, please consume them, but do your research and, like, really look to the fans in the culture who speak those languages. Um, and really, like, take a minute to learn more about the cultural context before saying, oh, this isn't gay enough or mm-hmm. this isn't confirmed enough. Because one thing that's been really fascinating for me to see is, especially in non-Western media, um, you're dealing so much more with censorship. Yeah. That what is counted as you know a declaration of love or a confession is way more subtle and Mm -hmm. like censorship is a big fucking deal um so i do think a lot of that content is more likely to be queer, baby. or you see these characters being forced into het pairings or they're straight up just killed off but so you do find on the flip side then all of these moments are really intimate and special Mm -hmm. which is just a very cool thing to experience um it's been a lot of fun for me, <laughs> even though I'm white. But it does give me a chance to really like lift up my fellow non-white or non cis creators in these fandoms, mm-hmm. and just really enjoy that. It's been fun, <laughs> even though I still know nothing about K-pop and I don't think I want to.
0: <laughs> I, it, it keeps coming up. Um, I have a friend who's a fan, and and she's referenced K-pop and like K-dramas and all this sort of stuff. And like I know I should be an informed fandom friendship and be like, tell me all about this. But, like, every hint that I see of it, I just think, like, I don't think that's my personal cup of tea. And that's fine. I also think some of those fandoms skew very young, Mm -hmm. which can just be
1: difficult and tiring to interact with sometimes. But, you know, if it's your thing,
0: like, knock yourself out. I'm I'm happy for you. (laughs) I'm happy you have this thing. Yeah, I know. I feel bad. But it's also one of those things that I'm, like... But I have, I have so much. Yeah, I'm already a
1: fan of. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I have my things. I have my toys.
0: I'm not done playing with my them toy yet. My toy box is very full right now. Yeah. I can't like I, and it's not yard sale time, so I can't get rid of other right. toys. Like I love them all equally. Right. And I'm not ready for new toys yet. So I'm so glad you understand what I'm saying about that.
1: I do. I totally do. Um, <laughs> and speaking of toys in the toy box, the one thing that I know we really want to talk about today is the fix that we've read. But I also want you to tell me, Emily, why do you love Stephen Bucky so much? Oh, well,
0: um, I think we need to start this segment with the greatest quote I've ever seen in my life yes. on the internet, which uh, Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to ask you a question. <laughs> I'm ready. Did you know that the B in LGBTQ stands for best friends since childhood? Uh, Steve Rogers (laughs) and Bucky Barnes were inseparable on both playground and battlefield. Did you you know that? that?
1: I mean, I also fully stand by the fact that Peggy's name is Peggy for a reason.
0: (laughs) Look, as much as I would love this, this is not a world worth some podcast.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. This is not about the OT three, but it does relate to by Steve Rogers, and that's important to me. <laughs> okay.
0: All right. Um, this may also—I will warn you, and I will warn everyone listening—that there may be some angry end game feelings. Okay. Um, in that regard, <laughs> I'm going to let you go off about that. Okay. Why do I love Steve and Bucky? Well. First, there's that gift of a quote that was given to me by the internet. Also, I fully realized that I just spent all this time talking about like
1: how important it is to consume media that's diverse, and suddenly all the ships we're going to talk about are white men who aren't actually confirmed. Aren't allowed to
0: be gay. In canon. <laughs> but this is where our fandom histories overlap, so this is where we're going. This is something that we agreed upon, and actually, when... Nia and I decided we were going to do an episode together about queer fic and queer ships. That was the first thing we said. We were like, and we could talk I about, about Stephen Bucky. Bucky. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, that's where we we have to go. There, we have to come I mean, here.
1: I absolutely love that moment on the internet that someone googled the the line, "And we deserve a soft epilogue, my love," that came from a
0: Stephen bucky poem collection
1: not even a fic it is a collection it turned into like someone there are like fic collections with that title that are Stephen bucky on ao3 but it is actually a series of poems in there they're really lovely and if you want to have an angsty moment with your feelings like i encourage you to go look it up it's don't you don't even have to look it up
0: guys i'm gonna give you a link It's, it's called 70 years of sleep Seven years of Stucky, yes. Um, so, why do I love them? Okay, so so many reasons. Number one, um, I genuinely love the idea, and I, I know this is funny to this is funny to me to say this to you because the last episode was how we don't like soulmate fix. I've kind of come around on some of them. Some of them, yeah, no, I mean, I, and this is the thing, now that I've come out and said that, people are, like, afraid to tell no. me that they wrote, I'm like, no, never. I have been
1: pleasantly surprised by the Soulmate it's fics that I've read. It's just not
0: my particular jar of jam, but that doesn't mean I won't, you know, right. like, put it on a pb I've never written a
1: Soulmate fic, but for the last two, like, major ships of mine, which have both been shockingly queer, um... <laughs>
0: I've found soulmate fix that I love. Yeah, no. And it's it's a beautiful thing. But I also firmly believe, though I don't believe in the idea of soulmates, I firmly believe that Steve right. Rogers and Bucky Barnes are, in fact, soulmates.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And I, I break my own rule for these two because I think that they belong together and I think that the universe is like, no, these two, these precious babies, belong together and they're in love. And I love... The idea, as damaging as it sounds, um, that they grew up together and they came of age or whatever in a time where they weren't allowed to maybe explore those feelings Mm -hmm. because it wasn't, you know, legal, for lack of a better term. (laughs) It was Um, very real. And it was, you know, very much. It was very taboo. It still is, but it was very taboo. And for two, you know, tough as nails Boys growing up in Brooklyn in 1930s, you know, they weren't allowed to be in love. And so they had to show each other how much they loved each other in different ways. Example, I'm with you till the end of the line. You know, there's something about just queer shapes in general that really
1: lead at least me to have all my buttons pushed. It was just like they're so inherently romantic and not necessarily sexual and I love that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, it's... it's, It increases the pining, and I love it. (laughs) It's like, you know, little things like, uh, you know, Bucky remembering where Steve hid the key. Right. You know, before Steve did. And, you know, the, the two of them, how much time Bucky probably spent growing up not playing outside... And not doing things he actually wanted to do because he was hanging out with his super sick on death's door every (laughs) goddamn winter best friend, you know, Steve Rogers. And like, you know, that they, that I think that they loved each other their whole lives. And someone to say, to have the audacity to make Chris Evans say the words. Peggy Carter was the love of my life it just feels so ingenuous and I will say that like, I do think
1: platonic relationships are really important and can also be really deep and really intimate and special and also very queer Um, but especially in mainstream media it's a lot harder to see or talk about the nuances in those relationships Mm -hmm. and in this case and especially in Stephen Bucky I feel like that's where a lot of people start in taking those
0: emotions and turning it into something more, mm-hmm.
1: which is also not terrible.
0: Um, and I know I feel like I walk a fine line with this because literally just last week I was saying how great it was to see two straight characters, two straight men on mm-hmm. in a movie say, I love you. Yeah. You know, without it there being any subtext and without yeah. it being like just because... They just survived a horrific ordeal together. Break down those toxic masculinity walls. (laughs) They they love each other and they should be allowed to say that. Um, But in this case, Steve loves Loves Bucky Bucky. and Bucky loves Steve. Not just best buds, but they're in love. And I just think like people who want to argue with me, first of all, don't.
1: Please don't right
0: now. <laughs> I'm tired. I don't want to block any more people on Tumblr than I already have since Endgame has come out. God I've Lord. blocked so many people. I have I'm going to confess something right now. Yeah. I haven't seen Endgame. Oh. <laughs> I don't play it too. <laughs>
1: well. <laughs> I know all the issues. You know everything. Do not plan, to, you see plan to, see to see
0: it? The thing is there is still about 75% of that movie that I genuinely love. That's like oh, yeah. actually delightful to watch. But um, they didn't quite stick Steve's no. landing, and no. I am it's upset about it. It's a big one. It's a big one. It's a big one to land. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they really missed the mark. Um, but I think, I, I mean, I think I can probably tell you everything you need to know in that um, a 13-year-old that I am friends with, I'll say that. Um, hey,
1: they can be your friends. Look, you know. I, <laughs> They're still baking
0: I, as a I person. I still, but... I consider myself more her mentor than, like, we're going to braid That's each other's fair. hair. But, um yeah, that she, I asked what she thought about it. And she was like, uh, Steve should have stayed with Bucky. This movie, like, Thank you. She was, this movie was way too straight. And I was like, God bless you, child. You are on the right You're path. You're in the future. The I'm, kids are going to be all right. The kids are going to be all right. Um, and honestly, talking to her sometimes, I'm like, no, the kids are all right. They're fine. The kids are fine. <laughs> um, but uh, but so I just think that, like, you can look back through. And again, this is movie fan mj Mm -hmm. here not um you know i don't read comics and i haven't and i will not spend my remaining (laughs) years on this earth catching up (laughs) comically on everything that i have have missed um i don't need to that's what wikipedia is for exactly that's what the marvel wiki is for um i can find out everything i need to know with quick google do not at me i will not listen i don't care um, I am just as much of a fan as you. So, not you personally, I Mia, know. but you generally listening, you. judging me. So anyway, if we can look back on um, eight years of this character, Steve Rogers, being portrayed in film and see every single film, who is, again, that driving relationship? Who's that person that has the biggest impact on his life? So in First Avenger, he is inconsolable when Mm -hmm. Bucky falls from the train. And even before that, he risks his absolutely everything about his life, his safety, his, you know, finally getting what he wanted to be on. You know, granted, as a showgirl, but on the front lines, (laughs) he was a showgirl. He was wearing tights. Um, That's canon. Um, He risks everything to on the. Slim chance that Bucky might still be alive. Mm -hmm. And people will want to fight and say, like, no, 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 he was going to go rescue all those men. No, 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 no. He went to rescue Bucky.
1: Like, yeah, it is a big part of Steve's personality is that, like, everyone comes before Steve, but. Right. It's also really obvious.
0: Well, and it's like, so he went to go rescue all of those men and and Bucky. And Bucky, because they happened to be captured. With Bucky. Bucky. <laughs> had Bucky been by himself somewhere else, that's where Steve would have gone. Right. You know, I mean, and and again, he was told that Bucky was dead. But he yes. went anyway. Yeah. Um. And then, so, okay, so then also that does give us to the greatest moment uh, where it was put on Tumblr and I had to reblog it. But there's a moment in the bar where after everybody's rescued and he has mm-hmm. to put together the Howling Commandos. Oh, yeah where somebody has captured the look. Oh, yeah, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. That Steve gives Bucky, and the question after seeing it about 10 billion times was, what exactly is heterosexual about this
1: look? (laughs) (laughs) No hetero explanation.
0: (laughs) Who on earth looks at their best friend like that? No one, that's who. um, Because he wasn't looking at his best friend, he was looking at his boyfriend that he was going to (laughs) rail later on. (laughs) That is a look you give somebody you're fucking when you know you're going to go back to the same room and fuck them later. That's what happens. That's how you look at somebody like that. We've all looked at somebody like that. And I will find the link once more and I will put it on our Tumblr so you can see what I'm talking about. Um, but anyway, so then Bucky, you know, falls and is mm-hmm. Steve is inconsolable. Yes. Um, which is very nice to see. uh Love some angst. <laughs> so much angst. But it's nice to see a super, what they consider, you know, a super masculine character being able to just ugly cry. Yeah. Like, that was not a delicate, like, those were not, like, delicate manful tears that we got to see. Mm-hmm. He had, like, a red nose and swollen eyes and was, like, sitting by himself weeping. Um. Thanks, Mr. Evans. <laughs> so, thanks for ugly crying with us. Um. But anyway, so... When And I always think that had Bucky not died, Steve would not have crashed his plane into the ocean. Mm. I feel like there was a decision that got made that was like, I can do this. But I'm not going to. I can do this. I could probably figure it out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm sorry. But in my world, that means Peggy wasn't enough. Enough for him to stay alive for so i don't give a fuck what anybody wants to say about that um steggy has become a no (laughs) no tp for me because of this nonsense but anyway no but like (laughs) i think that if bucky and peggy had both been waiting for him on the other side of that Mm -hmm. radio that he would have done something differently interesting personally that's me um then hi he's living the saddest Post freeze life in the history of the world thank you winter soldier for taking us on a day-to-day activities of steve's of the eternal sadness of steve rogers i'll argue also that the winter soldier is the best of the captain america
1: films like hands down
0: but that's a different day you don't have to argue that at all that's that is a known belief (laughs) and given how everything went to shit after i recently just said like if i were the eldest child of Joe Russo, I would be very concerned that I had (laughs) like been bartered with with the devil. So my father could make one perfect fucking film. And then like now I'm I'm belonging to the underworld because uh, there's no way the same people made the Winter Soldier that made every other movie that came afterwards. (laughs) But so, you know, we get to see the eternal sadness of Steve Rogers. And again, his life is Flipped upside down by the reappearance of Bucky. Um, I love that scene. <laughs> and people are like, no, he... This is the argument that I get. I'm like, no, again, Bucky is his main motivation. And it's like, well, he was going to, you know, take down S.H.I.E.L.D. and HYDRA anyway. Not until he met Bucky as the Winter Soldier. I didn't. mean, maybe he would have, but it doesn't matter. Because he decided to be like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. When he realized that Bucky was there. It's
1: like, I do think... It's one of my favorite parts about Steve Rogers. Captain America is about his and you can look at the crashing the plane as like this super heroic moment. And, yeah, sometimes he does do the big damn stupid heroic things. do hero. Um, but he's also like one of my favorites because he's like blind patriotism isn't. Yes. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for?
0: Hmm. It isn't the way to be patriotic or right. it's like yeah, it isn't- no. and that yeah blindly accepting what you're being told because the, yeah. the person who's telling you is not that's not right and it's like right. that's a big part of Steve's moral uh, outlook I think um, but yeah and then you know with Civil War like every I just I mean I can go shot by shot if right no absolutely maybe, maybe not today but, but like, I would know have- we're already I think we're in hour three at this point <laughs> Um, um,
1: I would happily watch those movies with you and go shot by shot. But that no, like, great. I just
0: think that he is that he's that tether. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's not just the link to Steve's past and he's the person who knows the best, um, which he is. But, you know, he's also that driving point. Like, that's that's. Fuck it, I'm just going to say, that's Steve's fucking compass, not a piece <laughs> of goddamn newspaper that he cut out of a fucking whatever the fuck and stuck in a in a compass that need, didn't need to fucking come back for Endgame. End of period story. Yeah.
1: I do feel like Endgame has ruined that relationship for a lot of people. Um, I still hold it in my heart that both can exist. and I mean, they can. In a way, and it's fun to do both, but that's also because I have no faith in the movies whatsoever, so... <laughs>
0: You do you guys. <laughs> um, but it's it's one of those things that like um, there's a there's a moment at, at the end of Endgame and I you're not going to see it. So I don't care about you spoiler. can tell me um, when Steve is going to go back and he is going to go and return all the stones. And when he comes back, he's that old man. Mm-hmm. But he says goodbye to Bucky and they have their little like. Don't do anything stupid before I get back. And Bucky says, How can I? You're taking all the stupid with you. And they hug. And I've seen this hug so many goddamn times because they focus on, they shot it to see, to focus on Bucky. Mm -hmm. And they never did that before. Whenever Steve Mm -hmm. and Bucky hug, Mm -hmm. you always see Steve's face. So in this one, you get to see Bucky's face. And Bucky does not have the look. Of somebody who's like I know exactly what my best friend's doing and I'm so happy for him right wait do they hug oh
1: I'm thinking of the particular gift from I think the fur from Infinity War mm-hmm. where we've talked about this in the last episode with like you got to take the longest shower <laughs> I just washed my hair. I'm all shiny and
0: fresh. Just washed his hair. He had
1: beautiful, fluffy, clean hair. And do like, they just do, like, the platonic handshake there? No, they hug okay. there. Yeah.
0: right. But again, you're, it's shot over Bucky's shoulder, yeah. so you see Steve hugging yeah, yeah, him, yeah. Um, and you don't see Bucky until they pull back. Okay. But so in in uh, whatever the last one was, in Endgame, you get to see Bucky's face, and mm-hmm. Bucky looks very sad. This is not a best man giving my best buddy a hug before he gets married kind of face, this is, I'm letting this person go and I'm very sad about it, but I'm going to put on a happy fucking face. Um, which is when we transfer the eternal sadness <laughs> of Steve Rogers to the eternal to sadness of, of Bucky Barnes. Um, but, and everyone's like, no, Bucky knew. And I think that Bucky did know. And everyone's like, well, he wouldn't have let him go if he wasn't okay with it. Um, Hi. Uh, <laughs> Bucky is not going to, after everything he's put Steve through, not going to be like, hey, but could you like stay so we could hang out? Please. Um, you know, he's just—that's just not going to happen. Anyway, I think that their love story is sadly—it's tragic now, but it doesn't have yeah. to be. Um, this
1: is what fanfic is this for. What fanfic
0: is for—that it had every possibility to be two people who loved each other when they technically, according to society, shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. By literally, you know, miracles of science and you know, comic book nonsense and whatever, miraculously being given a chance to be together at a time when it is okay for them to be together against all odds kind of nonsense. And the fact that Steve could say just one sentence and deprogram 70 years (laughs) of Soviet nonsense out of Bucky's head, I think says a lot more (laughs) than just about anything. Um, I mean, and I, I almost said something about them hugging in Winter Soldier. I'm like, no, I'm like, they weren't hugging, they were fighting to the death. (laughs) That wasn't a hug.
1: Bucky was trying to strangle him. I mean, the one thing that always gets me about that fight scene in Winter Soldier, and people have broken this down Mm -hmm. in terms of fighting style, but, like, it's the first time that Steve actually realizes that some,
0: like, someone is a personal threat. Yeah. And, um... That's very scary for him. Yeah. I mean, that first fight is amazing. And and yeah, that it's the first time probably since he was, you know, put in the Barbie beefcake machine mm-hmm. that anyone has come close to actually being a physical threat yeah. in a hand to hand combat kind of situation. Yeah. Um, and then for him to know that and then go back at the end and drop his fucking shield out of a plane.
1: Big <laughs> Fucking damn hero!
0: Just big dumb hero, and be like, "How about we hug it out instead?" Love like, you, Steve. <laughs> Steve, so Steve, Stephen, Stephen Grant. Please stop. <laughs> I love you so much. Please stop doing this. Um, but you know, and that there's so much there's because it's because these are at heart these are action movies. So yeah. there's so much wasted. I feel like opportunity where they could have if they didn't want to go full into the love story. What was upsetting to me was that we got no look and no time to appreciate them even just being friends Mm -hmm. after Civil War, where, like, somebody just on Tumblr sent this to me. It was like, um, Steve and Bucky not only grew up together, but according to, like, movie canon, they lived together for six years before Bucky shipped out. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I mean, we could, oh, my God, they were roommates all we want. <laughs> oh, my God, they were roommates. Oh, my God, they were roommates. They were. <laughs> but, oh, my God, they were. Um, we could do that t- all the live long day. Or we could also appreciate the fact that, like, when you live with somebody that long and you've been friends that long, like, there's no joke that's too dark. There's nothing that's off limits. There's no, like, there's absolutely no part of your life that you haven't either intentionally or unintentionally shared with somebody when you live together for that long and like that not being allowed to be translated onto the screen at all sucks sucks right i mean and obviously marvel is marvel
1: they're not really interested in this but again it would have been really nice to have more of those intimate moments that are not
0: no kiss (laughs)
1: Which is also fine. But. right No,
0: I mean, uh, yeah, it, it's that it's that ex you know there's there's a chance and what it makes it so nice and fanfic is that we get to experience this. but like there's so much opportunity for other kinds of intimacy between those two. And I think like there's a little hints of it like when, again, this is not this is not a heterosexual question uh, <laughs> when Bucky asks Steve, but you're keeping the outfit, right? Oh my God. I'm James. <laughs> James, I don't know if anybody told you this. That is not what straight boys ask their best buddies. <laughs> like, but You're keeping the outfit when the outfit in question, mind you, was, was sparkly. Tights and spangly hot pants. Don't look, man. <laughs> it was, and knee high red go go boots. Love it. Somebody put that on. <laughs> And and all Bucky wanted to know, was <laughs> are Steve? you keeping me outfit? Are I don't know for later, <laughs> for when
1: Bucky. <laughs> when do you think he's going to need that outfit? But sidebar, and I know that you've already done a whole episode on Good Omens, but this yeah. is also why I really love Aziraphale and Crowley in Good Omens is, mm-hmm. um, you do get all of those really yes. romantic, intimate moments of them not just being friends. <laughs> <laughs> but um like what i love about them is like they're celestial beings yes they're not men like they go beyond labels they're and like their relationship is so queer and so not cis and like frankly it's so funny to me, it's like if you're going to make them do the sex, like please make it interesting. They're <laughs> celestial beings who care very deeply for each other. Like really dicks are the least interesting thing you could do there. Absolutely. But I do love it as an example of this is a relationship that took time and mm-hmm. longing and build up so awesome. and we got so much of that. Anyway, back to Stephen
0: Rogers and <laughs> James Buchanan Barnes. James <laughs> Buchanan Barnes. I just think yeah, I think that there was there is. There was probably a lot of angst growing up. Um, and I think, like, with Steve being... I, I, I think about this probably too much now that I'm saying this. Like, yeah, I have a whole life that I could also be thinking about. But this is, what, this is what comes to mind more often than it doesn't. But, like, when Bucky was, you know, I say not... Bucky was not a lady killer. I don't care what anybody says. Like, Bucky wanted to go to a science fair... <laughs> last um, night as a I think
1: s- he's intentionally shot to be attractive to Steve.
0: <laughs> I mean, I think that I think Sebastian Stan is an incredibly handsome man and Bucky in uniform is like Phew. but um I I also think that we need to remember that as his last night in New York City as a straight single man James Buchanan Barnes was like let's go let's to the go to a science, science fair. fair. <laughs> And Steve was like, all right. <laughs> like, okay, well, If that's really what you want to do. I don't think Steve wanted to go to that. No, time. he did. He was not paying attention. There no. was a flying car. He was too busy looking at the flying car and Bucky. He was not paying attention to the science. He was like, how can I go make? How can I go create commit a felony? <laughs> um, just fine. But like, I don't think that Bucky was the lady killer that people like to write him as in fic. I do enjoy that. Not um, the lady killer bit, yeah. but, like, the fact that he's But he's not. a total nerd. Yeah. Um, I I hate when people... we talked about this before, but I hate the fucking... But, yeah, Humphrey Bogart 40s speak.
1: Oh, my God, Like, calling that. people
0: doll and it. doll baby and, and all this other like, shit. Like,
1: let's remember Humphrey Bogart as bogey
0: is... It's an act. <laughs> it was an act. Yeah, Humphrey Bogart wasn't even Humphrey Bogart. No. a <laughs> <laughs> mess. Is anyway, what was. Um, so... You know, I think that, like, that whole... But I think about, like, when Bucky was doing all the things that, you know, he should, quotes, you can't see them, but I'm air quoting, um, should have been doing as a young, single, straight man in New York, that he went out of his way to make sure that Steve was coming on these dates with him. (laughs) Please third wheel my dates. (laughs) Wait, I mean, not maybe not necessarily a third wheel, but, like, I think we all know... Mm. That neither Steve nor Bucky was expecting any chemistry to happen with whatever friend he had his date of the week bring along. And I just think, like, that practiced dynamic that it was like he was kind of like, not, I don't want to say bearding, but like kind of per- putting on this performance so that they could mm-hmm. go out together. And maybe it wasn't A very int- heteronormative performance. Yes. And maybe it wasn't intentional. Maybe it was like it was all, you know, subtext even to them. Like they didn't realize they were doing this. I don't think that's true. Um like it's certainly true to Marvel. Yeah, but no. But to like the rest of us not. But like that, that was the arrangement that they had and that, you know, Bucky would go on dates and Steve would come along. So it wasn't Steve and Bucky going on dates. It was <laughs> But I also think, like, the girls that Bucky probably went out with, I just have to imagine, like, they were probably really bored. Probably. Because I'm just imagining, like, we've all been on double dates where it's like, you guys just wanted to fucking hang out together. Like, we don't have to be here. <laughs> um, what's the
1: line about... Uh, you create intricate rituals. <laughs> surrounding men to like hang out with men anyway that's yeah, another no, popular the, tumblr thing yeah
0: and it's one of those things that i just think about like what their what that dynamic was and how there's like, a
1: lot to explore there
0: yeah and how much like maybe they both like kind of came to rely on that is like that's how they got to spend time mm-hmm. together that wasn't just at home or at work or whatever um but yeah i don't i don't think it was like Bucky the, the straight stallion you know bringing yeah. girls home every other week and Steve being like oh gosh darn I guess I'm alone oh boy um, you know I mean I personally think there's a reason that Peggy was like you don't know how to talk to a woman do you and Steve's like <laughs> never had to <laughs> like, okay that's fair <laughs> I mean personally I do think that Steve you know as I've referred to as the bisexual icon Stephen Rogers yes um, and in, in in most cases I think Bucky, if if I'm gonna pair him with Nat, I will say that Bucky is bi as well. Mm-hmm. Um, neither of them ever get to be straight in my world. They what are a great world to live in. <laughs> they will at best they are bi. <laughs> <laughs> There's never a chance that either of them are a hundred percent straight. Um, usually I think Steve is bi and Bucky is gay. Um that's how I roll, but I also do love Bucky and Nat. Then you're really gonna love the fic we're gonna talk about. I know. <laughs> um, but we did have a couple, but yeah. So do you do you share my opinion? Um, I
1: definitely do now. <laughs> I I think I think there's so much room for subtext and like run with it. It's so much more fun than what actually happened. I know. Which is just like, we all, we all deep down, we knew that was going to happen. And like, of course, it wasn't going to be confirmed at all. But like, right. this is part of what happens in fandom is you exist on crumbs and yes. you build an entire
0: world around it. And I also think like when that decision finally happened, when that like, when it turned out. Well, because what I was thinking is because the way it was shot, he came back and he's sitting on a bench and he's very much smaller. And you can yeah. see from behind that he's smaller, but you can't see his face. Mm-hmm. And there was a moment where I was like, did he go back so far that he came back as Skinny as Steve? Skinny Steve. Um, who is the cutest thing and in shoes? Adorable. I would not say no to Skinny Steve. I get so mad at these women in the forties. I'm like, he's are you doing adorable? If he had ordered coffee from my coffee shop as like some cute art school nerd, I totally would have <laughs> slipped in my number. Are you kidding me? Um, but no, like, so I thought like he was going to come back as like Skinny Steve, the original Brooklyn hipster. <laughs> he was. Except that he didn't wear tight pants. His, this is true. His clothes were too big. Also, he was far more interested in fucking shit up. <laughs> yes. Um, but, uh, but that, like, because Bucky smiles. And I mm. thought, like, of course Bucky would smile at Skinny Steve. Because that's, like, who he fell in love with. That's right. who he... It sees. does always make me wonder, like, what were the
1: motivations in Sebastian Stan's head for these moments, and um, just how that played and out. And then
0: it turns out he had none because he didn't know what the fuck was going on. Oh, Sebastian! <laughs> no, because he didn't. They didn't tell him. Wow! Until like he didn't find out that Sam was getting the shield. Oh! Until he watched Sam get the, the shield. shield. Um, because somebody was like, what did you think about when you read that scene? He goes, when I watched Chris give Anthony the shield, I thought, <laughs> how come nobody told me about this until right now? Oh, no. So, like, God bless him. They got so fucking lucky with this actor because he does so much. He does a lot. <laughs> without not knowing what the fuck he's doing. But, um. Just holding the whole world on his I shoulders I just thought, there. like, you know, it would be so beautiful to have Bucky able to be with the steve that he initially fell in love with yeah. and maybe the, of course they're not gonna go into that because no it's marvel but for have to have skinny steve back right. and bucky being like no this is this is my steve this is my steve and that that big hunking hero that everybody else got to have for the last however many years like that i knew that was always in this little guy but this is the steve is that i steve. love this is my steve um so yeah, so he smiles and then like and everyone's like, Well see, that's cause he knew he was gonna come back as an old man. I'm like, Yeah, maybe he knew that, but like he still wasn't fucking happy about know. it. Like he doesn't look happy. Grumble, grumble. Like, grumble, grumble. Now he just has like has another like delicate version of Steve to take care of.
1: <laughs> now that's a dynamic.
0: <laughs> like he's like Great. I got to experience my best friend being vibrant and healthy for like 7 minutes of my collective life. Like <laughs> still not been like still. love you, but that's love not of
1: the you. content. Damn it. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm so. just thinking about the dynamics of
0: that. So, that's great. Yeah. Um and also, yeah. So, uh I just I think that they really for it to have Bucky have been the biggest relationship in his life and the biggest motivator and the reason he did 99% of this stupid fucking shit that he did as soon as he got big enough and strong enough to do it. Like, I'm not going to say Bucky was the reason he fucked everything up and, like, got into <laughs> fistfights when he was a kid because that's just... That's just Steve. That's just Steve. But um, for him, you know, once he joined the army, have Bucky be the biggest motivation his the rest of his life for him to, out of character I will fucking say it, just decide like, I know I just got you back but eh, I really want to go back (sighs) to shoulder shrug. I really want to go back to the, you know, the the sexism and the racism of the 50s. It just makes me think of the guess I'll die meme. (laughs) Well, I guess I did everything I need to. You're back now. Guess I'll go be an old straight man and make a bunch of babies and die. Like that, like, what the fuck? doesn't fucking jive at all, which is why I had to write a very long A <laughs>
1: U endgame game <laughs> fix it. I think you were not alone in that. I'm pretty sure
0: so many people on the internet did that. Um, which,
1: <laughs> but yeah, makes you in good
0: company. So can we? So before we get into the giant, yeah, um, the other fix I found last minute. Yes. Okay. So we are going to talk about a fix that I have recommended already before. Um. But I didn't read it then. (laughs) I wish I had started. Nia texted me this link in December and was like, I don't know if this is your jam, but if it is, you should check this out. And I was like, "Okay." And I looked at the word count and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to read that. Um, It is a... It's a lot. It is an undertaking. But I found some shorter, Mm -hmm. slightly more palatable, um, easy to consume. Here, you can quick read this on the bus. Yeah, Yeah. Fix. And that's... I mean, I think we all need those as well. But so... Um speaking of young skinny mm-hmm. Steve uh the first fic called Can We Always Be This Close by Bagnetto
1: mm-hmm.
0: um it is a these are all stucky by the way these are all relatively soft they are soft they're soft sweet and soft sweet and mm, soft there's, sweet content they're soft they're a soft epilog soft boys <laughs> They're Here for the boys. soft boys. <laughs> they are soft boys in these fix Um but so this one starts from when Steve and Bucky first meet. And I think this writer did an excellent job of describing what a fucking asshole Steve Rogers was as a child. It's true. <laughs> like I would not want to be friends with this little piece of shit. Like <laughs> Wow. I mean, and the thing is, like, I don't, I, I found myself strongly disliking him. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't feel this is out of character at, at all. all. <laughs> like, for a character that I love so much, he is tattooed on my skin. Yeah. I fucking hate this kid. <laughs> like, I, God bless you, my Bucky. God, can you imagine, like, the teachers that had to deal with Tiny Steve? <laughs> oh, my God. Like, when people are always like, don't write. It's like, if you're going to write about Steve Rogers and you're going to write that he's always been... A loyal, beautiful blonde golden retriever. Like, no. you're missing the point. He's, I mean, he's also not
1: a golden retriever. No.
0: <laughs> and he starts his life as like an angry, starved, yeah. sickly, three legged cat that scratches and bites anybody <laughs> who tries to give him any kind of affection. Like, that's the, that's Skitty Steve. Right. Like, he's not the podunk farmer that sometimes right. I think
1: he or that he gets categorized as oh, Golly no, he's the boy
0: from Brooklyn who will yeah. fuck your shit off sh- or god you know he'll die trying right he's gonna try real <laughs> hard the and- first 25 years of his life he'll try <laughs> real hard he's not gonna win but god knows he'll try um but this writer did such a good job of being true to that side yeah. that we all kind of ignore when we're writing it's about true. Skinny sea. nobody wants to make him the total douchebag. But this writer sometimes was he is not afraid to do that. Which bless you. And I love, I actually loved that they wrote from other perspectives, mm-hmm. so that it was like a, for the first part is when they're kids and Steve is very much attempting <laughs> to defend yeah somebody yeah. whose lunch money was being stolen. So it's written um, from the point of view of that kid who's watching Steve and Bucky become friends. And he's like, why are you doing this strange other older (laughs) boy? He doesn't want, this kid doesn't want a friend. (laughs) He's not friendly. Just leave him alone. Um, So it's written from that point of view. And then the second one is when they're older. Um, I think it's four parts. Yeah, the second one is when they're older and they are at Webster Hall? Hmm. I think is what it's called. It's in the fic. Um, it was. Act- I don't remember. Actually, a real life, you know, gay bar in the twenties and thirties. Yes. Um, that they, the two of them went to. In actually, the speaking fic. of which, if any fic writers out there want to do research,
1: there is an amazing book called Gay New York, Ooh. which is so much fun to read and also will give you all of the backstory on gay and queer subcultures in New York in the 20s and 30s. I highly recommend it if you're a history nerd like me. And you're
0: writing Stucky thick. And you're writing Stucky thick <laughs> If you want to be, you be well-informed in your fanfic writing of Stephen Bucky in the 20s and 30s. It's a thick book, but you, it's also enjoyable to read. Um, but so, yeah. So then the second part is uh, Stephen Bucky are on a date. Yes! <laughs> um, and they're slow dancing. And it's the cutest thing in the world because... Again, it's that, it's that idea that I talked about earlier where they're not 100% sure that they're, like, it's like they're not sure they're allowed to be feeling like this and that they're yeah. allowed to be doing this. Um, but they are in a safe space. And that second part is told from the point of view of the bartender of that safe space who, and he even says, I thought it was really cute that he noticed how they were looking at each other mm-hmm. and he was like, oh, they must be on a date. I'll have to keep an eye on them. Like, not to kick them out, but, like, to make Houses sure that nobody no <laughs> but and like to, to make sure nobody, nobody fucks with fucks them. them um which i thought was sweet and then the third part was my favorite when they were telling why well when they were at war yeah <laughs> and um it's when they're it's in 44 and they're in italy or wherever the fuck they are it doesn't matter and steve is giving uh, an order he's talking mm-hmm. about a battle plan tactic and everybody's just nodding and smiling and like yep that's like, our captain right, okay go. we're gonna you know we're howling commandos we jumps we say how high <laughs> and Bucky's like are you fucking kidding me and Steve's like excuse me <laughs> <laughs> <And> he's like <laughs> I am not afraid of you and like the guy it's another howling commando that is telling it's from this their point of view but the, the guy that is listening to this like everybody goes quiet <laughs> And Steve's like, I'm sorry, what did you just say? What, did you just say, what did you just say to me? What did you just say to me? Sergeant? And, <Gasper. laughs> and he was like, uh, I think this plan is fucking idiotic and you're going to get yourself killed. And he's like, well, I'm not the priority. And he's like, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> like, and it's very, at that point, it's very well-controlled emotion. And it's like, everybody's like, is he going to be like court-martialed for talking to a superior officer like that? Mm-hmm. And of course he isn't, um, but yeah. So this this guy that was very sweet the the Howling Commando whose uh, point of view it was like kind of he wasn't eavesdropping, but he yeah. overheard them talking to each other after everybody had left, and like they're clearly in love they're calling uh-huh. each other like baby and sweetheart and he- it, there's definitely an aspect of how many in the Holland
1: commandos just would look at them and be like
0: no kiss. Like, no, kiss. no kiss like or just like look at each other and be like we should go so these two can fuck um, yeah. <laughs> which is clearly what happens in this big like, room you need like, to fuck it out like just guys come on um, we'll be over in that tent <laughs> you two have fun I'll be in my bunk <laughs> But that he he hears what's going on, realizes that if he said anything to anybody, this would be a very bad situation. And there's a line that says something like, you know, comfort was hard enough to come by. He wasn't Mm going to deny that for anybody. I will say it's like,
1: unless I'm really familiar with the original content, I'm not always the best at Outsider POV Mm -hmm. fix, but I did really enjoy this one because, you know, as steeped as we are in like all of the dynamics in the Steve and Bucky relationship. Sometimes it's really fun to read them from other people's perspectives, mm-hmm. and just like it does add an element of world building, and it's like all the other details around them. Yeah, and it just it changes the view a little
0: bit, and it was really fun to read. Yeah, I thought it was super cute, key- and I, again, it's one of those things that like. Yeah, I think that when you ship something, you become a little myopic, and that you're yeah. like, "Of course they're in love. Of course like, they're hello, together." Hello, yes. Hello,
1: <laughs> have you met me? <laughs> um,
0: but when reading something from you know three, th- three or four different points of view, um, seeing like, "Oh no, everybody mm-hmm. else thinks this too." Yeah, <laughs> it's very much the like everybody but you two know yeah. that you're in love idea. Yeah, and that's a, that's such a fun that's such a fun trope to play with. Um, yeah episodes by plums mm-hmm. for Bucky yes um, not my favorite of the fix but I did enjoy it yeah. I thought it um, it dealt with both of their PTSD
1: yes very well which is something that's gonna come up in the behemoth
0: fic that we'll talk the about in a minute. The but, great fic. Um but yeah. It's hard to do. It is hard, hard to do. do well. It's hard to do and it's hard to, yeah, to do well, to not rely on stereotypes and, and also to, for it to not be trivializing. Right, to trivializing, or on the other side of that, to be like too angsty. Yeah. Like, like
1: sometimes people want the angst, and there are definitely the Stephen Bucky fics out there that deal with the PTSD. And
0: sometimes people need that. Sometimes people need to write that. That's fine. That's totally fine. Episodes, however, does not necessarily just refer to the PTSD. Yeah. That's why I like those a little bit yeah. of a, you know play on the word. Um, it is just five or six different episodes from their life, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's a you know they're happy together AU. Yay! <laughs> Spoiler, Spoiler. <laughs> yeah, for uh, for canon, um, that's not what fucking happens. <laughs> so it is a um, you know it's it's an AU, and that they they get to be together and they get to be happy and it's it's post all the shit that went down. Um, so it's them kind of just getting their life back and what that looks like over mm-hmm. the course of a couple of different moments. And yeah. I do like snapshot fix like this mm-hmm. where it's like you just get to see little little bits and pieces. Little bits and pieces to see. It
1: does make those moments feel more special mm-hmm. sometimes in fic and I do really love that as a like a structure for a fic mm-hmm. um sometimes like full disclosure it's just way easier to write
0: uh yeah but it is also really nice to read I had uh, I wrote a fic actually for one of well for my coffee shop at mm-hmm. U the only one still by the way wow that's, okay maybe just like darcy's coming back maybe there'll be more I keep open the darcy renaissance that's sweeping the van the fandom like somebody put that girl in a coffee shop she drinks so much she coffee. drinks so much coffee why the fuck would she work there <laughs> jesus christ it's right there um but for that i uh i wanted to explore one of the side characters that I had written and I was like well how do I write about you know literally 30 years of this person's right. life it's hard. I'm like oh I'll just do it in five just six. do it in a snapshot just do it in five you know five little fics instead like five chapters of a snapshot and it's so much easier right I mean I feel like it's also
1: like the five times fix yes. which also have a different little bit of a different vibe but also can are like sometimes much more comedic mm-hmm. but it's definitely
0: a lot like that where you get all of these pieces that are special nuggets in their own yeah. way yeah i thought that the tenderness in episodes was really very well defined
1: tenderness it. is so
0: important to me it was very it was and very i love soft. it when it's well done yeah it's very soft
1: tender boys <laughs> tender, tender soft boys soft
0: tender boys just so sweet um, the last one that I picked was um, simply because of the title. Yeah. I warned Nia. I was like, I have not read this yet, so I don't actually think I finished this one. Okay, because yeah. I I ran out of time. But it's fine, please we, talk about we it. We had a lot to read this week. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so the title, uh, the reason I chose it was because it is called uh, "Super Soldiers Are Idiots and I Hate Them." Colon a book by Sam Wilson. Wilson. <laughs> And the author is This Wayward Life. Um, First of all, I don't think that there is such a thing as too much Sam Wilson point of view. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's no such thing as too much Sam Wilson in any fic. I am so excited that he is uh, the new Captain America. Because I want more Sam Wilson fic in my world. More Sam Wilson content always. Yes, always. He is amazing. Um, And his... Him being the, the driving force in the POV... In this fic, I think they really did nail his uh, internal monologue. Mm-hmm. When it comes to uh, to one James Buchanan Barnes, yes, it's true. Um, it's it starts with the two of them watching Steve kiss Sharon. Oh no! <laughs> in Civil War, and uh, Steve and Sam's like this is already painful to watch <laughs> because my boy has. No game. <laughs> and I know this is not going anywhere um, because we're about to become fugitives. <laughs> and This girl deserves so much better. Not to mention the fact that I can feel every emotion behind <laughs> me times 10 because I know exactly. I don't have to turn around and look and know what's Bucky's doing with his face. Um, just boring straight into. <laughs> just he would light that woman on fire with his eyes if he could. <laughs> And, like, so he's, like, sitting there like, ah, fuck. (laughs) This is gonna be a fucking thing with a capital T. A train wreck? uh, With with a T? As soon as this, you know... Starts with a T, ends with a rain wreck. (laughs) He's like, ah, Jesus. And so, like, you know, then later on he's, like, telling himself, like, he deserves a medal. Not for his, you know, exemplary military service or all the time he spent like counseling PTSD victims and veterans and you know whatever he's like no he deserves a fucking award because he's going to look for James Buchanan Barnes on purpose <laughs> to make him talk about his fucking feelings um, and it's yeah it's Sam doing what Sam does best even in fic uh, which is getting people to talk um, that's why I really love when people make Sam talk in fanfics he has a very distinct I mean, probably because this is just Anthony
1: Mackie playing yeah. Sam Wilson, but I do sometimes feel like it's hard for people to nail Sam's dialogue mm-hmm. and for it not to be cliched. Yeah. In the same way that, like, going back to why the overdone 40 speak is also super cliche. Right.
0: It can be hard to do. Yeah. Um, I think that this writer really did nail Sam's, uh, like I said, internal monologue and, um, you know, actual voice. But, yeah, he goes and he makes... Bucky talk about his feelings. Always important. um, Bucky doesn't want to. James, your feelings. (laughs) James, talk about them. Please, please let it out, buddy. Um, He makes yeah. He makes Bucky talk about his feelings, and then he goes and finds Steve, and he makes Steve talk about his feelings, and you know alerts Steve to the fact that perhaps making out with Peggy Carter's fucking niece right in front of actually in front of my face. What he says is (laughs) to. To Bucky, he says, uh, So that didn't bother you, St- uh, Steve and Sharon, just making out right in front of my salad like that? <laughs> and James was like, You weren't eating a salad. It's like, Never mind. This is also the best thing
1: about Steve and Bucky is like, they share the non-experience with
0: modern content yes so he can make a reference to the most ridiculous gay porn in the entire world and it goes right over bucky said um but yeah so he says something to steve about it and steve's like what are you talking about bucky and I are just <laughs> friends Don't you know, we're just no? friends we're just buddies sure. sure steve sure and that's what sam says basically um <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of Sam playing matchmaker. Yeah. Um, You know, Sam looking out for his best friend, Steve. And also later on, there's some Sam and T'Challa action, which I was like, Mm -hmm. I could ship that. I don't know that I necessarily do. But, like, look, if you can make the case for it, almost everything is shippable. Absolutely. (laughs) Like, I don't know that I'm necessarily, like, queuing a foghorn in this instance. but, But, like, I would be... Intrigued, right? <laughs> to I don't know, know, read more, right? <laughs> you can, in, interesting, yeah. You can definitely
1: write more of this, and I'm I would... also a big fan of having the trash panda fandom mentality, <laughs> which is
0: sure, yeah, I'll read that, yeah, that's fine, that's sure. fine. <laughs> I'll read anything anybody (laughs) sends me like I don't necessarily need to I don't even need to enjoy it I'm not saying like I will enjoy everything I don't even need to enjoy it I'll just fucking read it like I mean whatever she eats garbage like that's (laughs) sometimes garbage is delicious you know what Um, which then brings us to uh, the behemoth Yes, the hands of clay well not the hands of clay it's called hands of clay by Mahalakai
1: I think that's how you say it
0: okay I'm not positive but that's how, we're that's saying how it's it. written.
1: And that's it is, presumably how it sounds. Uh, it is a
0: no powers domestic yes. uh, kid fic single parent mm-hmm. AU. There is so much there that There's I a already lot love. packed into this fic. <laughs>
1: um, this fic is just a behemoth. Um, it is nearing 400,000 words, and it's not finished yet quite and there's also an entire separate collection of outtake chapters it is this pick is a marathon it's not a sprint but if any of these aspects appeal to you in this relationship like you will just be reveling for days um i don't always love parent kid au's Mm -hmm. because i find writing kids really difficult to just nail Personalities of young kids, yeah, and especially in this case, it's two other characters transposed as young kids, right. yeah. So it's Clint and Natasha. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There are so many dynamics in this fic that I love. It's like one, yes, it's Stephen Bucky as non superheroes. Right. It's you have exploring the complexities of being young parents mm-hmm. or single parents, single parents, yeah. and young parents. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Bucky adopting a kid who is Natasha, right? Uh. Steve essentially 180 his entire life to be a single parent yeah. and also throws in aspects of, you know, Bucky is disabled. It yeah. really focuses on that a lot. You've got a lot of issues of internalized homophobia mm-hmm. and really dealing with that in your daily life or in your relationships with other people. And I also really think this fic is a great example of a writer growing over time. Mm -hmm. Like, there's so much content and there's so much of this fic. And I think the more you read, the better it gets. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, But it really is the slowest of slow burns. (laughs) So if that gets you going, like, you're going to
0: love this fic. Um, Yeah. I mean, we have talked about slow burns exclusively in a whole episode and then also just kind of in general like it is not they are not for everybody mm-hmm. um in my current slow burn i mentioned this, a lot like i mentioned to nia earlier somebody has come to me and been like look just tell me when it's bone <laughs> o'clock because i can't fucking deal with this look, slow burn I, shit you're just there for the bone o'clock i can guarantee you there are so many other fix out there like, I, I mean and i i wanted to tell this person like i personally have written just porn without plot like you can just read that and they're like no no i want to read you're like I want to get there. I, I want to get there. I just <laughs> want to know when it's going to be done, so that all I of know the emotional intimacy. Yeah, I know that the the payoff is already written, and I'm right. not going to have to fucking languish. And I'm like, I get it. It's fine. Like, but also this is a slow burn. But also, yeah.
1: When I put it into context, I always like to think of that reminder that like the first Harry Potter book is something like just over a hundred thousand words, if that. If I don't that even think it's that long. And think about that in fanfic terms. This is more like. This is like a goblets of fire, is or order
0: or the
1: phoenix level fic.
0: Yeah, it's a very. I mean, it's is. There's a lot going on. There's I a lot, a lot had started reading it and then I stopped and then I realized that I was not paying mm. attention. Um, my it's well, also
1: hard. Like when you're an adult, you're busy and you're tired. You don't always have time to unfortunately, read. Unfortunately, like
0: I yeah, and I write more than I read lately. Mm-hmm. Um, just because like. It hurts. It's so stupid. <laughs> it hurts my eyes less. That's fair. <laughs> Look. <laughs> Look at, eggs. Things. Uh, at a word document yeah. as opposed to the AO3 screen because I prefer to read on my phone. Yeah. I would also advocate for the dark skin on AO3. Yes, it which, is wonderful. It will save you an eye strain migraine at least once. Um, but So I was not paying attention, and I was like, "I need to really devote more time to this." So I went back and I started reading, and I only got to chapter five. But what I got, Mm -hmm. I loved. I thought, like, okay, first of all, I really hope that this person does the. I hate to. I hate for this to be the example, but I really hope that this person does the Fifty Shades route and just changes the title, the name of the characters. And, oh, and can turn it this into, into original, original fiction. Because there is nothing that says that this has to be Captain America fanfic. Right. Except that we can picture the prettiest people in right. the world <laughs> playing these characters. I think they do a really excellent job of weaving in a lot of,
1: like, quote, canon storylines mm-hmm. yeah. for Bucky and Steve into extremely believable mm-hmm. narratives. And it doesn't have to be. Like, you know, sure, it doesn't happen. It could be real published fic. But I also think you do get so much more out of it if you're familiar with those storylines. I also love all of the
0: Easter eggs in this fic Mm -hmm. in terms
1: of, like, side
0: characters and who's who. Um, And I love, like, nods to, like you're saying, like the Easter eggs, like the nods to who the characters are. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, I think actually one of my favorite, well, I have two moments that have stuck out already. Um, the first one being when Steve and Bucky decide to have a play date for their kids after seeing each other for the first time after 20 years Mm -hmm. or whatever Um, and Steve or Bucky texts Steve and is like hey I forgot to ask is Clint's mother going to be joining you for when you come over for lunch and Steve's like she lives in England Mm -hmm. subtle by the way
1: (laughs) (laughs) I will say I love that (laughs) This fic is predominantly Bucky POV. Yeah. Um, if all, Some of the outtakes have Steve's POV, which I really appreciate, and the author weaves them in with links, mm-hmm. so you do get those nice. other perspectives on really important scenes. Um, I've made it to chapter 20. I haven't finished it. I still have 15 chapters to go, but it has been so much fun to read. It's, it's such so a it- delight. Like If you really love family dynamics and all of these other complicated issues that do
0: come up in real relationships like it they feel like fully realized characters i mean i think if nothing else and this is not this is not even the case at all but if nothing else this has to be some of the best written like kids yeah They do a really good job with kids. Yeah, of actually, like, what being around a child 24-7 is like, which is, Mm -hmm. like... Chaos. Chaos. Utter utter chaos. chaos. I mean, and there's one moment, the other part that I really, really... I mean, there are parts of it. Yeah. But um, the thing that made me actually laugh out loud and I thought was so normal and so relatable was um, when Steve and Clint come over for the first time yeah, and Natasha's worried that Clint isn't going to like her. Yeah. Um, He says... You know, he's very excited because he's like five or whatever. And he's like, we came on the subway. And James has told Natasha that, like, you become friends by some with somebody by, like, finding out things that you like together and talking mm-hmm. about those things. And she's like, I like the subway. subway. And he's like, cool. Um, and she says, uh, do you want to see my spiders? Yeah. And Steve's like, does she have plastic spiders? And Bucky goes, No. Like he's like, I've never seen these spiders in he's my like, life. I don't know what she's talking about, and she's found a a spot in the basement where there are just spiders. Like, there's a family of spiders yeah, on the wall. I think it's implied that they're like black widows. <laughs> yeah, they're like really dangerous spiders. And she's like, "This is my, my these spiders. these are my spiders. This I is also my spider collection." Love
1: in this fake Natasha's obsession
0: with cheese. Yes, <laughs> she loves cheese. Um, she's such a cute little girl character, but the uh, for some context, they decide to. Because the kids really have fun playing together, and they decide that they're best friends, and yeah. it's very cute um, that they decide to take to go out to dinner on like a Thursday night yeah. for some Italian place, and uh, Natasha is so excited. That she wakes Bucky up at two, two o'clock in the morning. morning and she's like, I'm ready to go. And he's like, go where, honey? And she's like, to dinner. <laughs> to dinner. For I'm ready to go now. I'm ready to go now. And he's like, honey, we have to get through the whole day first. <laughs> she's like, but I'm I'm ready I to go, go now. now. Like she's ready. Like she's dressed yeah. for school. <laughs> she's like, has, it's like, we're going. Has her bag packed. It's two o'clock in the morning. It's like the cutest, most relatable child thing in the world. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she doesn't listen. She has temper tantrums. She, you know It's like these are not perfect kids. And more on that, it's I do
1: love that they the author built this fic purposely around Clint having um loss of hearing. Yeah. And also having eyesight issues, mm-hmm. which I think is actually true in like comic canon yeah. Hawkeye. And that's also so interesting to read from a fic where you Mm -hmm. have both of these parents who are Bucky and Steve dealing with their own relationship with each other but also their relationship with the kids and each other's kids yeah and how that grows and changes Mm -hmm. like I said there's just so many dynamics in this fic that are so mature and so well done yeah
0: and like to read about Steve being concerned that Clint doesn't make friends yeah because like he's kind of a weird kid Mm -hmm. like he you know he, like, has to wear his sunglasses all the time, and everything yeah. has to be purple. And I love that
1: he loves purple. Yeah, and
0: he loves purple. And, like, you know, um, he, like, y- you know, he does all these dangerous things, but he does them by himself. Yeah. And, like, you know, I love that they have a rule in their house that he's not allowed to jump off of anything taller than Steve's head. Even when Steve is sitting. And he was like, but you're sitting down. It's like, rules are rules. <laughs> um, but... You know, that like that he's worried that, you know, other because other kids don't like Mm -hmm. him because he's kind of a loner and and that, you know, Natasha doesn't care about any of that. And she's just like, this person is my best friend. And she makes a little book about all the things that they can do together. Her
1: notebook. And there is definitely some heavy stuff in this fic. Like I mentioned, you know, Mm -hmm. dealing with internalized homophobia and Bucky's own PTSD is a really big part of it. Yeah. Um, And. Just be aware of that, I think, if you're reading it, yeah. is that I, I think it's tagged, but also, if not, like, it's there. Um, it's dealt with really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like instead of this being the predominant part of the fic and it's super <laughs> angsty, it's like, yeah, it's an issue. And yeah, it's problematic when that is part of your daily life. Yeah. Like, your life isn't perfect. Right. But people are messy. Mm-hmm. And... It provides a lot of opportunities for growth in within the
0: narrative itself. Yeah. Um, like I said, I have fallen for the slow burn. I am five chapters in. I believe they have brushed knees under a table one oh time, and I'm straight up fucking swooning.
1: I mean, also a big part of the fic is Bucky's like, Oh dear God, I'm still in love with my best friend yeah. since childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, Who uh, he, at this point he
0: still thinks he's straight. Yeah. So I
1: will say this fic features bisexual Steve
0: Rogers and it's great. I love bisexual Steve Rogers. So it's amazing. Much, so much. It's it's just it's mm, so good. Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. <laughs> right there. <laughs> yes, in front of my salad. Just dress my salad in it. Oh my god. We could get into some uh, some really great euphemisms right now, but I'm not going to. We don't have to. <laughs> we don't have to. It's right there. We know. Um, but yeah, so those are our fics for the week. Yeah. Uh, they are, uh, there are some good ones. I think they might be some of my favorites that I've, good. I've recommended on this podcast. And
1: because this fic is so long and almost finished, I think the author absolutely has plans to finish it, but yeah. also has a real life um, shit happens. Like many of us.
0: But also, I mean, I think it's been updated since you recommended yeah, it to me. It has. So,
1: yeah. And I follow this author on Tumblr mm-hmm. and so I see when they update which is nice now that I will have read this fic, but I also feel like it's a good fic. You're just like, I just want to come back to this. Yeah. And I, it can be so long and drawn out. You will have content for days or weeks <laughs> or however long it takes you to
0: read this book. However long it takes you. Um, I also I noticed reassuring. that there's not a ton of uh, comments on each chapter, so yeah. I feel like I might I might some have to go back and comment on the five that I've read yeah. so far just to be, like... I'm sure the word count and just being a slow burn, that's a really hard sell in fandom these days. I think it is, and I think I think not only the word count, but also the word count plus it not being complete yet. Yeah. Um, I noticed, even from my own, like, longer fix that mm-hmm. I've written, like, multi-chaps, that I did not get the kind of attention yeah. um, until they were finished. And then mm-hmm. I would get a whole bunch of new people being, like oh, I was waiting for this to be done. And I'm like, I, that's self-care. <laughs> do what you got to do. <laughs> you know what? Checking that little box, that says complete fix only. That's that's self-care these days. You got to take what you can get. I totally understand. Um, but if you have some time uh, or don't, if you have like a time to read maybe one chapter every other day, you're still going to get like two months worth of reading out
1: of this. <laughs> Currently, there are 35 chapters. 35. Out of they, 37. Yeah. And the thing that. And all the outtake
0: scenes the fact that there is a an end number yeah it's reassuring it is reassuring because i always worry when it's that 35 out of question mark and it's like (laughs) bitch we have four hundred thousand (laughs) words you gotta wrap this up you better know what's on the other end of that question mark (laughs) because i don't have time for this shit (laughs) um we're all busy we're all tired and i think that yeah knowing exactly how many chapters you have and putting that out there is very reassuring for people who are looking for a fic so these are some of my favorites. Um, I think we can probably get into closing thoughts. Before yeah. that, um, yeah, no, go ahead. So, I don't. No, 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 no. start. <laughs> no, no. I mean, my closing thoughts are um, Steve Rogers is a bisexual icon. Yes. Uh, he and Bucky will always be in love. Yes. <laughs> um, end game ending. End game is not end game. Is, end game. Is, thank you. End game is not ending. End game. And we've all kind of agreed that it's just. Out of, out of character, OOC fanfic at this point. Um, I'm usually very uh,
1: respectful of what people decide to do with their content, but I'm also just like I don't fucking care what the Russo brothers thought I mean, they were my doing. Favorite
0: my favorite thing, somebody was like, how is it possible <laughs> that the final film of you know, Steve Rogers' arc is out of character not canon compliant <laughs> fanfiction? It's like not Winter Soldier compliant, not Age of Ultron compliant. Like, it, the tags on, if it were a fanfic, would be just like so much to nope out of. But so it is not an end game. Um, Steve and Bucky, however, are forever life. Um, they're in love, and I think that Nia has made some excellent points. And I'm so happy that you decided to come. And share this has all been of so much fun. I feel
1: like this episode. I've been doing so much thinking about it mm-hmm. since last year i was gonna say
0: <laughs> since at least march when at we least march talked, talked and about it, yeah. figuring
1: out what i wanted to talk about but
0: it's been so much fun to do this episode mm, i'm so glad you're here thank you for having me thank you for coming um next episode uh that nia is on we'll have to find something equally that we're equally we'll find something <laughs> it won't be hard
1: <laughs> it won't be hard
0: <laughs> we'll figure it out um but yeah, you guys have so much to read, and I think we've given you a lot to absorb. Yeah, so there's a lot to think about. Yeah, um, we're gonna get the fuck out of here, and you guys have a wonderful week. Um, and uh, above all else, as always, get your ship together.